And good morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Griffin is here. You don't see him. We're still working on getting that third camera fixed. We're hoping that'll be uh, taken care of. By the time everybody gets back from vacation is the goal. That's the way it's going to be. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us again because it's Friday edition of the show. Does that mean next week or like September, mid-September? It means, let's say, I'm two weeks from now is when I'm on vacation. Right. The hope is that by the time I get back, which will be July 30th, will be the first show I'm back. Hopefully, we will have everything oh, ready. By, okay. By the end of vacation. It might be before then. Okay. But Griffin's away next week. I'm away the following week. And so, it's just difficult without both of us being here. Right. A lot to put on. Like, I, Stan, while you're filling in for me that week, we figured you'd probably work on fixing the camera, right? Like, you'd of have. Course, that would yeah, be my first priority. That would be what you would be working on. Don't these cameras cost like twenty bucks or something like that? It's not the camera that's the problem. It's a issue between the camera and the computer. So it's that's Colson's fault. Mostly, yes. Yeah. Most. And for the record, he's working on it. So I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to disparage anyone no. john has prioritized it griffin and i did a bunch of work on it and basically griffin and i all the work we did on it we finally got to oh the computer doesn't yeah. work like <laughs> we have identified everything the so it's a is new computer. computer that appears to be the okay. direction and those can be problem. expensive uh we are looking you know what this will be uh, we can talk about this more off the air yeah. we, we think we might have a, a better solution okay. we think we might have that figured out a lot to do on the program today. Uh, coming up in a bit, we're going to meet Orioles' first-round pick, Enrique Bradfield. He'll be joining us alongside his father, who's also, of course, Enrique Bradfield. That's the way that works when it, there's a junior or senior. His father was also a baseball player. Um, his son is very much followed in his footsteps, so it'll be a neat opportunity to uh, hear their story and meet Enrique Bradfield Jr., the Orioles' first-round pick out of Vanderbilt. I'm anxious to talk to him about Kobe Mayo. He was yeah, uh, youth, buddies, baseball, youth teammates baseball teammates with uh, Kobe Mayo down in Florida. So that'll be neat. Pembroke Pines, we will have that conversation a bit later on this hour. Also this morning, speaking of Florida, the Miami Marlins are in Baltimore for a three-game set. Marlins color analyst, former big leaguer Rod Allen, will join us a little bit later on. Did he play for the Twins and the I want to say the Tigers he played Tiger, for at Tigers, one point. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's who he was doing broadcasting. And the Indians. You nailed it. Yeah. And the Indians, yeah. And yeah. he was, right, he worked for the Tigers for a long right. time. Right, right. Um, and he also played, of course, I, I know you were going to tell me this. Who am I telling you? He also played for the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. Oh, I mean, course. you knew that. You knew that. Was that how, on? How did they pop up on uh, Immaculate Grid yeah, this not week? Not yet. Not yet. How disappointed are you that the Orioles weren't chosen to open in South okay, Korea I know, next it's year? It's just a huge. You and I had planned, basically. We were going to go rip it up. We, we were going to go try all the yeah. foe. Yeah. We were going to go. I mean, we had a yeah. whole thing planned out, yeah. and it just didn't yeah. work out. Yeah. They decided to go with West Coast teams for yeah. some reason. I don't, yeah, know, I don't think. know what that. It makes no sense. <sighs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Uh, also, this morning, Stan, we did this last year, and you were the loser. So my recommendation is don't lose again. Okay. This is when I treated you This too. is when we all went to glory day. Okay. And let's be fair. You treated us to glory days. Yes. You. Yes. <laughs> treated us. Thank you, John Cole. Yeah, right? Um, and we can make that the, pay, the, the bet again right. this year. Around. I like that. Is it's that, about what I is can that, afford. Is yeah. that we will treat yeah. the others. Um, we will yeah, do but our- last year I got screwed, though. We had the intern. 
Ah, right. When Micah. I made the bet, yeah. I thought was it, it was Micah? the three of I think it was Micah. Was it Micah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Micah joined us. What's he yeah. moved on to? Uh, he is actually the editor of The Villager, the newspaper at Stevenson University. Really? Yeah, right? Doing Good big things. Him. We love Good Micah. Good kid. He's a great kid. So uh, we will do our Orioles second half predictions as well this morning, and we will see how that goes. Okay. All right. That's all on tap today. Uh, quickly, let me give everybody a recap. I had a miserable day yesterday. We did, st- Stan, I'm guessing what? that you. Oh, that she's. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, okay. The what? Stan, <laughs> this popped up in Would You Rather Wednesday this week. Uh, Burger King in Thailand has decided to unveil the real cheeseburger. It is, I think Griffin's trying to show you a picture. The real cheeseburger is just cheese. <laughs> it's two buns <laughs> and 20 slices of American cheese. Now, can you get a grilled a, a grilled hamburger? I don't know That's what you not, can get. That's not like a real cheeseburger. cheeseburger. I mean, not what they were advertising. Not, yeah, <laughs> they are not advertising anything that looks gooey or melty or anything. like. It's just 20 slices of cheese. So we did it for Would You Rather Wednesday, and everybody was talking about it. So on Wednesday night, I was chatting with Griffin. I said, I feel like we should probably do it. Like I feel right. like we should attempt to create the real cheeseburger. So we did that yesterday. I had two bites, and I am still not right. <laughs> Like, I have puked. There's none left over. I ha- oh, God, we threw it. I'm pretty sure we threw it all yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, I have puked multiple times. I have uh, had other unpleasant experiences in the bathroom since then. I'm really angry at myself because last night I, of course, was emceeing the uh, Show Your Soft Side Softy Homecoming event out in Owings Mills. Right. Uh, by the way, catering from everyone, from the food market, from Jimmy's, from all the, like all these wonderful places. I was not able to eat any of that food. Because you still had Because that. I was still so, and really what it was more than anything is I was terrified that if I ate anything, I'd be up on stage. And so I said, I can't do this. So while everyone else was enjoying you know, steak tartare and uh, you know, the, just delicious food, I ended up having um, some noodle soup for dinner last night. That's what I ended up doing. That was my dinner. And I'm still, even that was a questionable decision. I had a banana this did, morning. Did and Griffin uh, partake yeah, of the cheeseburger? Griffin and our intern Carson both participated. Yeah. Didn't seem to affect you guys nearly the same way. I mean, it definitely way. was not good. Yeah, uh, but you don't seem to have been wrecked for 24 hours. I'm yeah. 24 hours later, and I'm telling you, I'm physically still not right. Huh? Yeah. Now, you're, I guess you're I how got, much older yes, than Griffin? Yes, I'm 40. 14, you're yeah, 40. Yeah, okay, I'm, and Griffin, you're 24. I'm 23. 23. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you. Yes. Just think ahead 17 years. Yeah. You should okay. stop with these crazy oh, th- th- food. This, this is the by far, and we've done a lot of dumb things on this show. Yeah. The, this is that. by yeah. far the most damaging one to me that has occurred. Okay. The pepper I, mayo was really bad. It was, for, I, can ima- I can't it, even imagine. It was not. I mean, that was a full sandwich. That I'm was, telling you, this is, like, I'm going to have to read, first of all, one, I don't think I will ever be able to consume a single slice of Jesus, of, yeah. of crap, craft a single a craft single. Yeah. I don't think I will ever be able to do that again in my life. Are they popular in uh, Thailand? It's a great question, Stan, yeah. and I have no idea. May, again, we could have while we were over doing the South Korea thing. Maybe we, we could have swung into Thailand. Yeah. And well, there was no question. There. That's part, yeah. going to be part of the yeah. trip. That, that was, was going to be trip, part of yeah. what we were going to do. Yeah. Not v- Vietnam, be the case. Thailand, and South Korea. <sighs> um. Alas, alas, that's where we are. That's where we Maybe are. Maybe we'll go when they open the Orioles open in North Korea. You no, know, I don't think that. I don't think that one's coming anytime soon. I don't think that's coming. Let's handle a couple of Orioles things that I assume are not related. Griffin's got our questions for the second half predictions, so let me try to avoid 
that, but just handle some more pressing things at the moment right. here at the top of the show, Stan. One, uh, yesterday the Orioles and the governor, or not the Orioles, as it was later clarified, okay, just John Angelos. Okay. Which is very strange how they like they put out a statement, they said it was from the Orioles, and then two hours later they said, well, it's actually not from the Orioles, it's just okay. from John Angelos, okay. which is odd. They put out this statement about the state of the lease. Okay. It doesn't really say anything. It just sort of said, basically tells us, remember when we said it might be an all-star gift to everyone? Mm-hmm. Not going to be an all-star okay. gift to everyone. Well, we didn't say this year's all-star That's a great gift. point, <laughs> Stan. It's a great point. They did not specify mm-hmm. when they suggested that. Um, a lot of consternation about it. I am not that guy. I've never been that guy. It. I understand why everybody in town would just prefer for there to be a 30-year lease announced today and all's good and all's well. <laughs> On the heels of learning that the Orioles had hired lobbyists to try to work to get federal infrastructure money for the downtown area, mm-hmm. it appears to be very clear that this is a dot the I's, cross the T's thing. That they're not going to say announce an agreement for the sake of just announcing something. That when they announce it, it's going it's to be... It's really going to be concrete. Every, it's going to be a concrete lock. A, yes. A, a Jeremy concrete lock. Exactly yeah. right. It's going to be every ounce of what will go into this village, this whatever you want to call it, that's going to be downtown. And I, I get the frustration... But there is absolutely still no reason to me for there to be any amount of concern about this whatsoever. The Orioles are going to play at Camden Yards next season. Whatever that means, in order to make it get done, it'll get done. Correct. You have no no reason to be concerned. No. There no. we go. That All handles right. that. Yeah. That handles that. Now, the Orioles don't have to make a roster move today. Right. They don't necessarily need a 13th pitcher until they need a 13th pitcher. And we've talked about this throughout the course of the week. There is a belief from a many that they'll want to have a 13th pitcher ASAP. Right. But they can have Cole Irvin out of the bullpen today, tomorrow, son, as long as they need him mm-hmm. until he would either be the fifth starter on Tuesday or they would decide that Grayson Rodriguez is going to come back and go into the rotation. Right. At what point they do need to put a 13th pitcher back on the team which could be as early as tomorrow right, right. if tonight doesn't tonight go doesn't go if it doesn't go well, well. Yep. now they could also rotate out some pitchers bizardo certainly could go away again and th- like they could still try to get creative but presumably in the next few days they will need a 13th pitcher unrelated to whatever decision they make with grayson rodriguez at that point if nobody gets hurt between now and then mm-hmm. What is the roster move to you to get that 13th well, pitcher? First of all, you're making an assumption that Grayson Rodriguez would come up and be in the rotation. I, whatever they would okay. do. I'm saying I, I, I'm saying that I, if they have to use Cole Irvin out of the bullpen right. in the next day or two, right. then almost certainly Grayson Rodriguez would have to pitch on Tuesday. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know what else they could do at that point. They don't They don't have the ability. They play five straight games. Right. If they've got to use Irvin out of the bullpen, they're going to have no choice but to – I mean, I – He could potentially start and have a short start, you know, three-inning start. I mean, right, depending know. on how much he had I to mean, use. I mean, that's because I wrote a piece uh, Monday. I, I think the best way to use Grayson Rodriguez the rest of the year – I know this isn't answering your question about the roster spot. I think he should come up and be – I cannot – pick apart who the weak link in the rotation is right now. But the overall rotation 
is weak in that it doesn't go long enough. Mm-hmm. So who would you rather have your head four four and two thirds innings? The the uh, Washington Nationals have the bases loaded, and it's four and two thirds inning, and Dean Kramer hasn't pitched particularly well. Who do you want to try and take that game and keep that lead for the next two and a third innings or three and a third innings? You want Brian Baker, Keegan Aiken, you know, and Michael Bauman, or do you want to take a shot that maybe Grayson Rodriguez could be fantastic? I have thought this way this year, this year only. Not this is not me saying that DL Hall's a relief pitcher. Right. This is me saying that Grayson Rodriguez best role he could have is essentially being what Austin Voth was last year. Boy, that's interesting. Yeah. It, it walks – okay, hang on. I'm going to come back to the question Because you I know asked. what it does? It it alleviates that whole issue of how many the innings – innings, you, certainly, yeah. it would be a and factor a, there. Yeah. The, the flip side question is the thing that you've been talking about all year, which is about development, right? And yeah. are, do you worry at all I don't that putting him in a different it. role stunts his development to be that top of the rotation don't, type don't of pitcher? Don't worry about it at all. In fact, I, I think he comes into next season – first of all – it it you can't rule out the fact that he still starts games down the stretch in September. Mm-hmm. You know, supposedly. At well, that and time. I've, I have thought that the answer might be I, it, to me. It's a hybrid role. Like right. I, he's not starting every fifth day. Right. Like th- that's just not going to happen. And that, for more than any other reason, is because of the innings thing. Right. Like they can't have him start every fifth day the rest of the season. But could they look at the stretches where they have six consecutive games? And, and say, do a six-man rotation. For yeah. those spots and the rest of the way, we're going to attempt to use a six-man rotation, and then when we don't have six consecutive games, You'll be you're going to be available in the bullpen, right? right? Like I, That's I essentially have, what I'm saying. You I've, know. I've thought that that would be the way that they would look. But, but now on the trade front, I wouldn't be looking, the more I've thought about this, the weakest link on the Orioles right now, and we might have touched on this last Friday, is the bullpen. In other words, we've got top-tier performances from Cano and mm-hmm. Bautista. Coulomb seems to be in the circle of trust yep. right now. After that, yep. it's it's frankly, it's not good enough to really get through the season. And if you're fortunate enough to be in this in the postseason, it's just terrible. I agree. It's, yeah. So I agree. To me, I go to the Kansas City Royals and I really pop a trade for Scott Barlow and Carlos Hernandez. That's I, what I'm – I wore Kenyon Middleton and Kendall Graveman with the White Sox. They can certainly still be thinking about Dylan Tate, and they can be thinking about Michael Givens, but at this point I don't think any of us are – like I, I think at this Can't point – Can't count on them correct. this year. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the reality. And I don't disagree yeah. with you that they should be in the market for bullpen. So getting back to – Yes, back to the – if they have to make a move for a pitcher in the next – in the immediacy. I would guess – I would guess that either they, either Michael Elias is scanning who would be interested in Adam Frazier or they just release Mateo. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's where I come up with. So if you were Michael Elias, if, if you had to, you just had to cut ties with one of them. They, yeah. they weren't able to make a trade. One, somebody's got to go. I'd You're, probably say Mateo is the most redundant player we have right now. When I say redundant, I, I, I see Frazier still being good enough to be that left-handed hitter late in the game if you need a pinch hitter. He plays the, he's 
I'm sure Mateo could play the outfield too, but but he played the outfield. He was much better in the outfield in right and left than Isaiah Kiner-Falefa of the Yankees. That should be low the, bar. That shouldn't yeah, be the bar, but low bar. but he I was comfortable with him, you know. So that's uh, that's what I would do. Or the third option would be to uh, to option yeah, Mountcastle, Ryan right. Mountcastle. Yeah, and we talked about that, you know, as well. But I think they're going to want. I think they're going to want him around. You know, I, the more, as much as I've sort of knocked him and criticized him, I, I, I listen to Palmer, and Palmer makes a good point. He hits left-handers mm-hmm. pretty well. He hits so. left-handers well, yeah. and there's a chance that some of his woeful struggles are still related to what he was going through, and that the more he gets distance from that, the, the, Possible, yeah. the more he could return to being an all-around. Yeah. I still, I think, there, there's a, so many... I just l- don't understand how in, in... Oh, you've got a little touch of vertigo. Uh, all right, you're going to bat six today. Right. I mean, how could he be playing at the major league level and they're they're kind of covering their, uh, covering their rear ends by saying, could have been that... Could have been the problem why he was so bad. I do think it's reasonable to say that you might not know what's going on. Right. I think anybody who's ever dealt with vertigo. Yeah. It's funny because like you talk to people that have dealt with really difficult bouts with vertigo, and yeah. they'll say, "I'm surprised he's playing baseball at all this year." Right. Like that you you have a really difficult bout right. with vertigo. It's something that can throw off your equilibrium for oh, God. Yeah. you know months. Yeah. So it's possible that something was going on that he didn't feel right, yep. but he couldn't define what it was. You're right. young. You're, I, I think a lot of people that, that deal with things at a younger age just don't I genuinely have no idea what's going on, and you're supposed to be tough, and you're supposed to be yeah. whatever, and so you just don't think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, we'd have to discuss it with him and say, well, well, what were your the, symptoms? To the Why point, didn't you say, I think I've got vertigo? Right, correct. You know. To the point that you bring up, it's the thing that we've discussed a number of times, that it felt the other way around. It felt like the struggles came on, the Orioles were trying to deal with it, like what seemed to be a mental issue, and they were trying right. to take care of that, right. and then all of a sudden it was And there's certain HIPAA things that you don't want to go into you know, when it's mental issues and all that. A hundred percent. That's part of the deal there. I... I, I guess the well, question. So what, you you asked the question. Right. You have you're turning it back around. Yeah, we did it the other day. I I, I struggle with it. Ultimately, yeah. if I ha- if one of these guys to me had to go, it would be Frazier. And it, the only difference is because what, to the point about the bat, I get it. I just don't know who he's pinch hitting for in a late point in the game where I'd say I'd rather have Frazier in right now than have insert name here. Now mm-hmm. it could be that as the year goes on, Jordan Westberg goes into a slump, and we say to ourselves, "Boy, you know it." Mm. That, that, that hasn't panned out the way that we would have hoped that it would. Right. There's certain things that could come up. I, I just don't know who that guy is that I'm saying I would rather have Adam Frazier at the plate right now than I would have so-and-so. We all know the defense is – I mean, it's unfathomable how bad the defense has been this season. These, it's three players in all of baseball that have a worse defensive rating than mm-hmm. Adam Frazier. It's, it's insane how bad the defense has been. I mean, to me, that has not stuck out like an incredibly sore thumb to me. You know, again, I don't, I don't know how to do the analytics, uh, and I. It's not that I don't trust them. To I, to my eye, he has not killed the Orioles with his defense. I, I think that what what stands out is we say that when somebody make misses throws, when it's it's obvious when someone misses throws, right? Like right. we say this guy. When you say misses throw, makes a bad makes throw. a bad throw. Okay. That's when it's most obvious right. to us that right. someone is struggling, right? 
the ratings are more you're not getting to balls that the average baseball player is getting to. Mm-hmm. That a ball that goes up the middle that we don't say, hey, that's an error or that's a mistake or something along those lines. They're the ones that sit back and say, right, but you don't understand the average second baseman in baseball is getting to that ball. But remember, range, remember, you're you're talking about watching second baseman. Now, again, how the analytics are affected by this. But remember, Adam Frazier for the last eight, ten years has played second base with shifts. So the plays are not as difficult. So that's, that's not as glaring a problem when you have two guys on the left side. A hundred percent. I'm not saying right side. baseball and, and, and probably means there's more demand and there's more that you're asking of a second baseman today than, than, than you, than were, you were, were two years ago. Right? Years so ago, I don't know yeah. if we looked up Adam Frazier's um, outs above average from 2021, what that would show it to your point. It might very well or be industry wide. What, what, what was average? Perhaps that, that's the yeah. case, right? This year in being measured against everybody else, Adam Frazier. It's probably put a spotlight on his deficiency. Correct. That, that would it's probably be. That he's just not getting to balls yeah. that the average, even the below average right. second baseman are getting to at this point. Right. It is, there's no range from Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. There's, if that ball is uh, up the middle, he's not doing anything about it. And, that's, and there's a cameraman in New York that could blame Adam Frazier. That's a great point, right? It is, that is. He doesn't God. muff that ball. God. Gunner doesn't hit that guy. Terrible. God, everything about that was just awful. Um, And again, I mean, to me, the the Mateo thing, I don't feel for the record. I don't really care about either. Either way, it's not going to what I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose sleep because they gave up on Jorge Mateo. Not a chance. The only argument for me about Jorge Mateo is when you say redundant. Okay, but what's not redundant is the speed, right? What's not redundant is the ability to do what the Kansas City Royals did once upon a time and put somebody on base late in the game that is immediately a threat to be on second base. Yeah. And that you don't... It's you a have, different weapon. Redundant's the wrong word. I meant that well, I think Gunner's going to play shortstop. Right, positionally is what you meant. Right. I, I think the skill set is a little bit different than what you have in anyone else. Right. That Mullins obviously is a threat to steal bases. That's clear. But Mullins is going to be in the game. There's nobody else that you can bring off the bench that immediately becomes a threat to steal bases. Correct. And that's why, to me, I would find slightly more value. But, I mean, it's slight, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's here and here. Yeah. Slightly more value in Jorge Mateo just because there is a different skill set. And if he's got to stay in the game, I'm more trustworthy of his defense right. at that point. Yes, he's basically an automatic out, and that, you know, is unfortunate. But if Frazier was getting on base at above 300 clip, I might feel something different than that. He's yeah. sub 300 on base percentage. I don't feel strongly about what he's bringing to you. I get it. His knack for big hits and the yep. fact that he's hit 10 home yep. runs, I'm not going to dismiss any of those things. Yep. But do I know that that's projectable either? Like the fact that he's hit 10 home runs, does that make me believe he's going to be a 20 home run hitter? Or was this the best three-month stretch of power that we're ever going to see from Adam Frazier? And it has been up to this point. And so that's why I'm, I, I, don't, I can only value that part so much, yeah. right? Like that's what I struggle with with the two of them. But to the point, I mean, nothing's going to bother me. Long-term... To me, the most sensible thing would probably be to option Mountcastle because I'd I'd want Mountcastle to go down. I'd want them to talk to him, explain to him, you know, why they're doing it, and I would like to see him raise his value for for me for the off season. But that's that's me, you know. I think the question with Mountcastle is when you brought him up, was it just about the twenty days expiring? 
and you use the fact that you didn't need an extra pitcher on Sunday as an like, okay, we can do this now. Let's yeah. make the move because we have to make it. And then let's see again. We saw Ramon Arias near, you know, look for a second in that game on Sunday, like he was legitimately hurt. Yeah. If he had gotten hurt, yeah, well, then the now, Orioles would walk away and say, "Look, you know, th- we did, we played this exactly the way that we should play it. Right. We let the twenty days run up. We got him up here. We don't have to make a decision. The decision took care of itself. Yeah. If they did it, not really believing that he was ready, then I would agree with you. Then it's very simple. You send him right back down. If yeah. you didn't really believe he was ready and you were just doing it because you had to make a decision and you had the extra, the, the advantage of the All Star break in order to make that right. decision. And so I would send him right back down at that point. But, if but I were, think I think Palmer is probably the most practical vi- view of this mm-hmm. is that, hey, he's always hit left-handed pitchers better. And seriously, a guy like Ryan O'Hearn, you take lightning in a bottle where you can find it. It could always end, but, 100%. But chan- chances are if he continued to play every day and, and including against left-handed pitching – those numbers would be so you're getting the best out of him potentially and giving Mountcastle his most optimum chance to succeed. And you got a nice platoon over at first base. It's a difficult thing to have two first basemen on a team, right? Like it's you it's hard to build a roster that has room for you to carry two first basemen, right? Like that's a difficult thing. Um and you're still gonna want to have at bats for Hicks, so you would kind of ideally like to have Santander play first base every now and then Mm -hmm. because you don't want to have Colton Kowser sit you got him up here you want to have him play and if he's going to play then where you getting at bats for Aaron Hicks from and I get the DH allows you some of that but you know you've been using Gunnar Henderson to DH a good bit this season look these are good problems to have let's make that abundantly clear these are certainly different problems than they were in 2019 and 20 percent that is the case and And, 21 and so I'm not I don't want to over-dramatize any of this. I do think that at this point, they can't be afraid of, we might just have to lose this guy. We, uh, agreed. We might, we, agreed. This just might be, even if it's Frazier, it might just be a sunk cost. Yeah. And that's the difficult. I think a lot of us are feeling the same thing, which is, well, they won't do that because they spent $8 million on him. There's right. no way that they let Adam Frazier go because they spent $8 million on him. And... If, I, I, Elias, trust me, he's thought this through. He and Sig have probably thought this through. The only thing you're trying to do with Frazier is can you get a controllable player sure. in a deal, or maybe right. it's two for a two for one. Maybe it's Frazier and you know throw in br- some right Brian Baker mm-hmm. for some something you know. I'm, I'm just th- saying. I'm trying to think of who that is that has interest in Frazier and Brian Baker to give up. I God, I don't. Maybe Tampa. Maybe. <laughs> and, and then Brian Baker will come back to haunt uh, us. Correct. We'll end up getting years. huge outs yeah. every time. Someone in the AL Central needs that, you know. I, I guess. I don't. Maybe. Maybe. They're all in it. I have. <laughs> They're no, all in. They are right. all in it. Right. There is no doubt about that. Not Kansas City, unfortunately. If if, if it came down to it. Yeah. And I'm only going to ask you this because, again, it was part of our Would You Rather Wednesday. Right. If it came down to it and the Orioles could only add a reliever, and we the names we used were Hayter and Eduardo Rodriguez. Right. They could only add one high-leverage reliever or one quality starter. Which one would you be doing? My money would be on, again, I if, if contracts be damned, mm-hmm. Then well, I, they would both be rentals, those okay. guys. They'd both be rentals. Because right. Eduardo Rodriguez has an opt-out at the end of the year. 
Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah. And Hater, and Hater is, a, a, free is agent a free agent at the end of, the end of, year. Yeah. Of, this, year. of this year. Correct. Shoot, boy. Yeah. If it was going to be a rental, mm-hmm. I think they're, I think that they're helped more by Eduardo Rodriguez. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the way he's pitching this season, obviously, yeah. has been. Although there's a slight caveat now, he came back because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, of course. Oh, came yeah. back first start after that thing and wasn't great, but. Uh, I thought that he needed two rehab starts. Okay. They, they, they did one rehab. I would probably take the starter because of the slight redundancy, but my overall need for the team is two relief pitchers. I hear you. I hear and you. Grayson pitching out of the pen. Stan the Fan Charles is here. It is a Friday edition of GCR. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So tell me what it is that we should do then, Griffin. <laughs> what are They're we, calling in from two separate places. Okay, but yeah. are they going to... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll be able to merge the call. We'll be able to merge them? Yes. So what should I do here is what I'm asking you. Should Do you want to talk to Just Senior? Well, we can start with... If I mean, I yeah. don't know. You tell you call, walk, work that through, what we need to do. All right? Okay. You're the producer of the show. Work through what it is that we need to do. All right? Okay. And then tell me. Inform me at that point, all right? All right. Do you want to get with them and figure that out? or? Yeah, well, I mean, he should be calling in the next minute or so. Okay, so. well, why don't you hold on with okay. them, and then we'll yeah. figure that out and chat when they're ready, okay? okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Are you just going to – why don't you pick it up and hold tight until they're ready? I, 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 okay? Yeah, I did. All right. Okay. It's not what you did. I appreciate it. Uh, we are waiting. Enrique Bradfield Jr. and Sr. are both going to be joining us this morning here on GCR, and we look forward to that conversation. That should be great. Unfortunately, I'm not sure why it is that we're... Okay. How about we take a break? How about we do that? And then we'll chat with them afterwards. We'll grab a break. The Bradfields join us next. Glenn Clark Radio. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJMichaels.com. That's AJMichaels.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one gambler. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. 
the Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab-eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab-eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Friday edition of the program. The Chief Grand Poobah, Stan the Fan Charles, is here in studio with us. You last night were busy. Yes, uh, Gary Stein and I did a, a, a trip down memory lane with Bill Stetka cool. as we look back to the 1983 Orioles. And, you know, I had really wanted Bill on the previous week when the Orioles were in the midst of that at six losses mm-hmm. out of seven games. It reminds you that they lost they, they seven, lost seven games. games twice, yeah. Yeah. twice. And had four three-game losing streaks in between. It's unbelievable, yeah. right? Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you can find that show right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. So this is a really neat opportunity here this morning on GCR. Um, of course, you know the Orioles in the draft on Sunday night, the 17th pick overall. They selected... Enrique Bradfield Jr. from Vanderbilt. And if there is an Enrique Bradfield Jr., that means there has to be an Enrique Bradfield Sr. That's just the way that it works. And Enrique Bradfield Sr. was also a baseball player, so his son very much followed in his footsteps. And this morning... He I hear that that's really who Mike Elias wanted to He wanted Enrique Sr. It just wasn't, just ava- wasn't eligible it this yeah. time and yeah. said Jr. instead. 
Uh, joining us this morning, both of the Enrique Bradfields, Orioles first round pick, Enrique Bradfield Jr. and Enrique Bradfield Sr. Enrique and Enrique, good morning, and thank you so much for taking the time for us. Good morning, guys. Good morning, guys. Hey, it's great to chat with you guys. Uh, congratulations to you both. Let me start with that. Enrique Sr., I'd actually like to start with you if I could because uh, I was actually chatting with Adley Rutschman's dad yesterday. Uh, who threw to him in the home run derby this week, and I've become a father. I've got an 8-year-old and a 6-year-old, and, and seeing things through the eyes of a father are really special to me. Can you put into words as a dad what it has meant to you to watch your son succeed in the way he has and to have his name called by the Orioles on Sunday nights? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. No, I mean, it's, it's a feeling that, to be honest, I can't describe. Is something that you see, you you hope, you you dream of it, uh, you give them all the tools, but, you know, it's up to them to go out and, and, and do everything that they need to do, the dedication, the, uh, the hard work that needs to, to go through that level. So, you know, it's just amazed me uh, how he has taken that since the youth level and basically ran with it. Uh, not much push from my side. We didn't have to say, oh, you have to go to practice. You have to do this. You have to do that. Hmm. It was always him. He loves the game. Uh, he loves the competition. Like I always said, he actually probably hates losing more than he likes winning. So <laughs> that's, 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 that's a great quality. But no, we, uh, it, has, it has been special. It has been a ride. Uh, we have met people. You know, our vacations were summer tournaments. We have become good friends. Probably, actually, some of our best friends are all the other baseball parents. That's cool. So, you know, it has taken us to, to, to other levels that we never envisioned or imagined. Well, you're about to meet a whole lot of, of more of them because there's a special group of uh, baseball parents around this Orioles team right now. Enrique Jr., if I could, um, you know, we mentioned your dad was a baseball player, right? I imagine that baseball was always part of your life. Can you tell me what the best like things that you learned from him and the best advice maybe that you've gotten from him over the years to help guide you to this path of becoming a first-round pick have been? I think probably the best things I've learned from him are, are just more um, like character, personal traits, you know, about consistency. And, you know, I see my dad and I think about every day over the last 15, 20 years, I have an older sister that's 26, Yari, and she played soccer at the collegiate level. So it kind of runs in the, the family. But I, growing up, I was able to see the consistency of day in, day out, and just being there, sacrificing, working hard. It was always, hey, you know, like I'll be there to support you, and it's up to you. But at the same time, too, I want to help and guide you. So. For me, it was just about who, who my dad was that I looked up to him, and that's what I really gravitated to the most. And, and that's my role model. That's my best friend. It's like uh, every step that I've ever had, it's been me and him, my mom, my sister, and we've been right there uh, all together. So when I look at things I've learned, I, I can go on for days about everything I've learned about how to be a good person, and I, it's just by looking at my father. Enrique Jr., this is Stan Charles. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Vanderbilt, why did you choose Vanderbilt, and what was that experience like for you? Man, it was the best experience I've ever had in life, you know, up to this point. 
I wouldn't uh I wouldn't change choosing to to go to that program a single day in my life and just I was looking for a place where I was going to become a better human you know it, everybody forgets about or everybody only remembers wanting to be a good baseball player and it, for me it was never like that it's always been like a product of wanting to just be a better person and be a better human so meeting coach Corbin for the first time I remember we sat in his office for close to two hours my father and I and we maybe talked baseball for fi- like 15 minutes it was more so who are you as a person, your family background, where you grew up, what drives you and motivates you as a person. And after meeting him that one day, I was like, this is the place I need to be because I know I'm going to be able to go to the next level in every aspect of my life from a personal standpoint. Academically, Vanderbilt is prestigious and one of the top universities in the country, and we compete with the best um, baseball schools in the country as well. So that was something that was huge for me. I was kind of looking for a well-rounded package, and I thought there was no other place than Vanderbilt for that. Just curious, what did you major in there at Vanderbilt? I majored in human organizational development, and that's basically uh, a track that can really teach you about business uh, models, leadership, and just kind of how organizations work, the different types of leadership structures, different type of organization structures, human resource management. So I got something that was well-rounded because I do see myself eventually after I'm, my, my playing days are over owning a business, uh, being a, a leader of an organization of some sort. So I definitely wanted something, uh, my, my degree to reflect that. Imagine it can't hurt being a part of a baseball team either. Right? <laughs> Understand that no. these things work. Enrique Bradfield Jr. No. and Sr. with us here on GCR. Um, Enrique Sr., I'm wondering if you could tell me, when was the first time that you it like hit you? that you're, I think every parent believes their, their kid is talented and a special person. But when was the first time that it hit you like, oh, Enrique Jr. might not just be like good at this. He might be able to do this for the rest of his life? Yeah, believe it or not, it actually hit me uh, very early. You know, it was, it was funny, just to give a, a quick story. You know, he would look at, at baseball games. We'd be watching baseball games. He was probably two or three, and you'll see him trying to emulate all the batting stands. Uh, he had a, a little bouncy ball when he was three or four, and he would just throw it inside the house against the door, and you will see him just pick up the ball. My wife would be going crazy. She's like, oh, we're, we're, playing, we're playing ball inside the house. But I was like, no, let him. He's working mm. on his hand-eye coordination. So it just, we put it in T-ball. At that age, you see kids just running around and playing with the grass and doing everything. He already had the concept of, okay, I got to grab the ball, run the base. Somebody hits the ball, I got to get the ball and, and touch a base. So we had to move him up. So, no, at, at an early age, the interest that he showed, and then when he started to develop the physical characteristics and the knowledge of the game, I said, like, well, you know, if he continues, he might, uh, we might have a good one here. <laughs> it's worked out okay, by the way. Were there a few like broken windows or broken uh, lamps or anything like that in the process? Thank God, no, because my wife would have killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Enrique Jr., I just want to ask you, I'm not trying to make too much of it, but one of my favorite prospects that the Orioles have ever drafted 
has been Kobe Mayo. And it came out afterwards that you guys played some youth ball together. What do you remember about him as a player? Did he seem like he was a special player when he was the age? Very young age, yeah. Yeah, 11, 12 years old. I always knew Kobe had what it what it takes to be a great player at a at a high level and and that was somebody another person who I look at and I see his consistency as being being there every day you know we played together when we we're 11 and 12 and then even beyond that when we we're 15 16 we played together 17 in, in summer ball travel ball um, and, I, and you really saw him evolve and get better every day. And that's the thing. It's like when Kobe was a, a big-time player at the age of 11, but that never stopped him from trying to be a big-time player at the age of 15, at 17, and now he's 21 years old, and he's, uh, he's doing very well for himself in professional baseball, and he's on the, the brinks of, of being in the major leagues, and I, I couldn't be uh, happier for that guy. He's, he's a heck of a talent. There's no doubt about it. Um, Enrique Jr., I feel like in the last few years, you know, the guys were drafted by the Orioles and they had to say all the right things like, oh, okay, yeah, very excited. You get drafted by the Orioles at a time where there's an awful lot of excitement going on, and I have no doubt that you've got to be aware of that. Um, I, I'm sure that you would have loved to have been number one overall, but how much does it mean to you to be coming into an organization at a time like, where it genuinely looks like you might have a chance to win a World Series in the coming years? It's very exciting. I think for sure it's uh, competition. It's something that drives me. And to be surrounded in a farm system that has a ton of very talented individuals is something I'm very looking like I'm looking forward to being a part of and being able to throw my name in that hat and really go at it and, and see how well we could, we could push because I do. The major league team is full of young talent as well, and I'm excited to be able to meet those guys, work with them, pick their brains, and, and really join them uh, whenever the time is. But uh, that just that's something that really drives me is that the, the fact that I know we're going to be competitive for, for years to come. No doubt. Enrique Jr., I know you're I, in talking to you for five, ten minutes, I can tell you're a smart kid. What do you have to work on in your game? What is the one area that you are aware you need to work on? I think this is definitely uh, hitting. I feel like everybody knows that, but I feel like I'm also in the right place um, to be able to, to take that next step and, and be able to match other parts of my game. I, I feel like my defense is ready now to go play sure. at the MLB level. I feel like I can run and I can steal bases like, like the, the guys in the MLB right now. Now it's getting my hitting on that same level. But, you know, after my season, I've come back home and in five, six weeks, I've taken great strides and, and preparing myself to go play professional ball, but I'm also joining an organization that is in the recent years has been having probably the most success in baseball at developing hitters. So I'm excited to get with coaches to learn, to have some more guidance, to be able to really get that process and uh, get to where I need to be. I'm curious, Enrique Sr., you heard your son break down what he thinks he needs to work on. Can you take a little deeper dive into it? Mm. What aspect of hitting do you think is, is it strike zone discipline? Is it his uh, and on base percentage is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> on base percentage is pretty darn good. No, I mean like he mentioned, uh, it's just uh, staying consistent. Uh, you know, we we always hear about the hitting tool, and, and the one hitting tool is being associated with with power. And since he was a small, uh, he was younger. We 
we never were concerned about the power aspect of the game. Uh, you know, his swing was tool to use his speed. We used to tell him when he was smaller, you know, if you hit the ball in the air, unless you take it out, that's an easy out. But if you hit the ball on the ground, line drive, hit the ball on the ground, now you, you know, the defender has to, one, catch the ball, and then they have to make that play and they have to make the throw so you're more efficient. So now he's just retooling uh, his swing a little more to, well, for this level so he can have a little more distance and have a little more uh, the proverbial world launch angle type scenario, but not too much. We're still like, I'm very prof- uh, a proponent of the small game and, and the live drive, so. Uh, and obviously, Enrique Jr. brought up the defense. Dad, what's it like for you when you see some of these plays that he's made over the years? Like, are you are you the emotionless type when you're watching or when he goes up over the wall and makes a ridiculous catch to rob a home run, are you losing your mind and screaming at the top of your lungs? No, definitely I lose my mind. Yeah. Uh, defense, for me, <laughs> defense is, is is something that is, is precious. Uh, we always told him – it's like you know something that's that's your house back back there. Nothing drops in your house. So, you know when he goes in and gets it uh, and makes that effort, is you know we're going crazy. <laughs> Enrique Jr. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but I'm assuming that may, a college uh, baseball did not increase the size of the bases this past year. How much more does that help a player who's got the gift of both speed and knowledge in stealing bases. How much, how much does that extra few inches mean to you? I think I think it's gonna do uh, do great for for a person like me and for other players that you know we like to get out there and we like to to create havoc and cause chaos. And it's not only the size of the bases that I think are gonna be uh, beneficial, but I'm also looking at the pickoff attempt. Yeah. You know, in college, pitchers were never limited to any type of. Uh, two pickoffs, three pickoffs per at-bat, there were no rules on it. So there was at times where people threw back 11 times in one inning. And I'm at first base, and that's how they're, they're slowing me down is because they're making me dive back to a base, which is probably frustrating um, in my mind and also very tiring at the same time. Is you got to dive, you got to get back up, you got to take a lead, and you got to be ready to make the next play. So I think uh, just the rules in general are – are catered to a person like me, and I, I'm very excited to get out there and really see how, how it can help change my game. You really seem to fit not only the rules of baseball, but what this team has been trying to yeah. do. We mentioned the, the, you know, the on-base percentage. Clearly, the discipline is significant. Throughout your college career, your on-base percentage was extraordinarily high, over 100 points higher than your batting average. Where did that discipline come from? Is that do you have dad to thank for that? Like where did the discipline come from that you are so willing to work account and get on base? I have no idea where exactly it came from. I'd probably say it's just something that was really ingrained in me from a young age is like look, you're fast. If you can get on base without doing anything, essentially by a walk or hit by pitch, you know, you could steal second, steal third, and on a ground ball you could score. And it's just that simple to get a run. That's kind of where my mind really goes when I'm thinking about getting on base is, hey, the team's got to score runs. How can you do it? It doesn't need to be a double. It doesn't need to be a single. It could just simply be a walk, a hit by pitch, anything of that nature, because you could be standing third base, a sack fly, ground ball, anything really gets you in. So it was kind of built off helping the team score runs and trying to win. 
Uh, Dad, are you the type? Let me. We need to know. Are you the type that's that's following up with criticism, encouragement? Like, what is your role after each game when you chat with Enrique Jr.? I mean, it has been both. I mean, even though the days that he had super games, uh, I always be like, "Hey, that was great," but there was always a but there, uh, and it was done so he won't settle and say, "Oh man, I, I'm doing great. I don't need to work on something." So, you know, I'll always look for a little aspect or something. Hey, you should have swung at this ball. You should have tried and go mm-hmm. the opposite way with this. Whatever the case is, you should have done this. Uh, you know, but it was done for him basically not that we weren't proud or we were trying to be – I was trying to be hard on him. It was just, hey, there's always something that you're trying to improve in your game, no matter what. So, and depending on the situations and when the thing thing go well is – in baseball, you have, a, have, a, have to have a short memory. So I was like, well, you know, forget about it. And just, you know, tomorrow's a new day, so just go do what you need to do. So. And, and, Junior, how do you handle the line between, you know, Dad, I appreciate it, and Dad, I just don't want to hear it right now? Like, how do you handle the line between those things? I think it's a, it's a very fine line. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of the times after games, if, if I, I didn't have a great game, you know, I may wait till the next, the next morning to give him a call if he's not there or if we're going to dinner I, I may just take dinner and uh talk about something else so that I you know it, it's a there's a lot of emotions that get tied into it you know I, I'm a competitor and I hate losing so when when the outcome isn't what I want it to be there's a, a brief period of time where I'm probably not in the best mood and I don't want to address things so it's definitely a cool down period that I, I use and then uh from there we go and we try and regroup and we'll we'll talk about it the next day and see how I can get better Enrique, yeah, a quick story about that go ahead i was gonna say a quick story about that is this freshman year like we made a deal okay if, if you guys lose the game or whatever the case is we'll just test and call and say hey good night you ate dinner whatever we'll talk about it uh tomorrow so yeah <laughs> hey, hey enrique jr you played with some top tier talent there at vanderbilt uh one particular player austin martin uh, who was, I think, did he go number, did we, top, pay, that uh, was when number we, two, right? he went two after, after we drafted Kerstad, I believe. Uh, talk a little bit about him as a teammate and, and his talent. Well, he was, he was a person I, I didn't, fortunately, um, unfortunately enough, I didn't get to spend a lot of time around because of COVID. Okay. And, um, I actually came in the year after he got drafted. All so right. I was, uh, he was a, a junior got drafted because of the uh, COVID shortened season. And then I came in that fall as a freshman. So I didn't get to spend a ton of time around him, but I do have a relationship with him. I've talked to him on uh, multiple occasions, seeing him in person, uh, just over the phone. And he's somebody who I looked at and I watched all the time on TV. And for him, he's one of the most consistent players that I've ever seen in that program, just because of the way he he was as a person but as a baseball player he knew who he was he never tried to do more than that and he was just pretty good at what he did so he was always somebody when i was watching that uh, i gravitated to all right before we let you guys go uh enrique jr you you know we got to get the contract worked out and the whole thing but when the signing bonus comes in have you thought about anything at all any maybe one thing that you want to do i'm sure after we heard what the way that you think you're putting money away, I know you're thinking about all those things, but is there one thing that maybe you'll you'll treat yourself to as a reward for all the hard work that you put in? 
I think I'll be good for now. I have everything I need right now, so I think that money's going straight to the bank and uh, probably better suited that way. Um, most definitely, I'm going to need a budget. That's what I'm going to need first. Not uh, surprised by it. As smart as you are, not yeah. surprised by that answer at all. Enrique, real quick, what number jersey? Does that matter to you at all? Do you have a preference of what number you like when you're back? I think uh, I think I would like to wear 51 going down uh, into my, my professional career, and I don't know if that will happen. Um, I'm not to say, and I can't speak on, on that because I actually don't have the answers, but I would love to wear that number. It's uh, the number I got, and I wasn't familiar with it. I don't know why I ever wore it at Vanderbilt because <laughs> Coach Corbin picked it for me. And um, it was just something that be- kind of became my own, and I really grew into it, and I grew to love it. So I think uh, going forward, I would definitely like to awesome. to wear that number. There's been some great ball players who wore the number 51, so – I would like to Very throw my cool. name in that hat as well. Love Very that, cool. Man. I, love I don't that. think you'll have any problem asking for that number. <laughs> that <laughs> is a unique one. Hang yeah. on. I, I'm going to wrap with this, Enrique Sr. Now, once the contract hits, who pays for dinner when you guys go out? Oh, definitely. He's be paying a few times. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll just keep it as uh, the way we are is we'll, we'll take care of it i love that <laughs> uh guys this was such a treat uh yeah, what, really what a, great. What a really wonderful great. conversation uh guys follow enrique jr on twitter at ebradfield20 and also on instagram at enrique bradfield uh we can't wait to see both you guys here in baltimore uh congratulations uh awesome time catching up with you this morning thank you both for spending time with us no thank no, you for thank having you guys it's been a pleasure Enrique Great Bradfield Jr. and Sr. with us here in GCR. That was really neat. Yeah. That was a really neat yeah. conversation. Yeah. It was uh, suggested uh, by someone that knows both of them. Hey, we think you'd really uh, have a fun time talking to both of them. Griffin said, I think that'll work. As yeah. it turns out, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. A really cool way to uh, get to know those guys, and we look forward to it. Look, I the speed is obvious. The defense is obvious. As he pointed out, you know, hit 279 last season. That number at the college level, you'd want that to be a little bit higher. Yep. For what it's worth, the two seasons prior to that, he was a 300 hitter both seasons. So, as he said, the hit thing is something that's got to work. But if you're getting on base at a 400 clip yep. and you're a you know a leadoff hitter type, I think that's going to be just okay. I think that's going to be just Yeah, okay. you know, the one year, 62 games they played, mm-hmm. 69 runs scored. Yeah, that's pretty insane production. That's pretty insane production. Yeah, that's pretty nuts as far as production is concerned. So you hope that continues for Enrique Bradfield Jr. as he becomes a Baltimore Oriole in the coming years, and we appreciate he and his dad taking I don't time think he's going to have trouble asking for 51. No, I don't think anybody's going to be taking that away from him. I don't him. know. Can't but I t- remember the last time an Oriole has worn number I 51. I just looked that up, Stan. Um... Uh, Mike Gonzalez wore 51. Okay, left-handed relief It looks pitcher. like that was the last one. Okay. Before that, uh, Scott Williamson wore number 51. Okay. Uh, Andy I, McPhail picked him up, I, and he, some I don't of these, think he threw an inning for the order. Some of these names, I swear to God, I've never. In 2007, something called Victor Santos wore number 51. It's Mr. Santos. I got son. nothing. I've got absolutely yeah. nothing on Victor Santos. Y'all are going to have to. Well, uh, we, why don't we get on some famous 51s? Right? Just do a whole, <laughs> whole history. Uh, sadly, um, uh, Steve Beckler wore number 51. Oh, God, oh it's just sad. Um, Fernando Lunar, the legendary Fernando oh, Lunar, God. wore number 51. Stan, wow. 
You can live up to the legacy of the great Fernando. I don't know. I'll give you Okay, here's someone who was very helpful for good Orioles teams. Terry Matthews wore number 51. Terry Matthews, who was on the 96, 97 teams. But he was a – He's passed away, hasn't he? Did he pass away? I didn't know that. Oh, no. I didn't realize that. He was a a quality arm. I apologize if he hasn't. Yeah, right? You're doing the Drew Forrester bit where you're killing people off here. (laughs) Um, Apparently passed away in 2012. Oh, I had no idea. Long time ago. Jeez. Young man. Yeah. uh, He would have been – well, he would have been 47. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. Uh, apparently Jamie Moyer, I had forgotten wore number fifty one. Jamie Moyer wore number. Jamie 51. Moyer wore number fifty one yeah. as well, and um, you know, obviously, it was also very in that in that stage it was very good for the Baltimore Orioles. So it'd be interesting to see Enrique Bradfield Jr. Uh, sticking around with number fifty one. Hour number one of today's show in the books. It's been brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers, where we are offering new sports betters the best sign up bonuses and promos. From the seven legal online sports books, go to pressboxonline.com slash offers now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now. Sign up today. Interesting. I looked up baseball reference because it has the uniform numbers that they wear and the colors of the team okay. in the circle. Yeah. The only team he wore number 51 for was the Orioles. He Jamie wore Moyer? 49-39-41-50. He wore 50 with four teams. But the only team he wore 51 was with the Orioles. Huh. Now, you know what? We're going to have to track down Jamie Moyer. We're going to have to get answers to these questions. Why 51? What if the Orioles just picked him up? At the deadline you, now. You think he couldn't still now how old could, how old was he when sixty he's sixty now. When they gave him that last opportunity and they signed into a minor league I deal. Think what, it was 47, 47 40, years old at that point. Uh and I remember I had him on and he was very bullish. Like this is not this isn't shtick. I can get guys out at the major league level right now. He pitched in the major leagues in 2012 at the age of forty nine. Insane. He was two and five Started 10 games with the Rockies. God, that's nuts. All right, Orioles-Marlins for three games in Baltimore this weekend. Starts tonight, Sandy Alcantara and Dean Kramer, the pitching matchup. Joining us now to preview that series, color analyst for the Miami Marlins. He is former big leaguer Rod Allen, and he's with us now here on GCR. Rod, it's Glenn and Stan Charles here in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Absolutely. How are you guys doing today? Beautiful day here. Great, Rod. It's a little hot. we got to be honest with you, Rod. It's a little hot this week. <laughs> it's uh, hopefully. Dude, I just left Florida. I just, All I right, just fair. Left Florida. Fair. Florida, man. fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rod, obviously, it's a really exciting series, right? Like, it's an incredibly exciting series. Can you, you know, explain to us how this Marlins team has proven to be as good as they have been this year? Well, first of all, you got to give a lot of credit to Kim Ang. I mean, some of the moves that she made in the offseason, obviously bringing in Louisa Rise, has changed the culture not only on the field but in stands and how the other players approach their at-bats. I mean, he's just that intense. And when you have guys like him and the guy you guys have in Adley, you know, they just kind of rub off on, you know, everybody on the team. They're, they're leaders. And, and that, you know, can start there. Then the bullpen with uh, A. 
A.J. Puck, you know, getting him from Oakland. We got Shagwa uh, from Tampa. You know, Tanner Scott, your Tanner Scott has been amazing mm. uh, in our bullpen. I mean, simply amazing in our bullpen. As a setup guy, we also got a guy by the name of Oakert. So, you know, our bullpen's intact, and all these guys throw 95, 96 miles an hour. Our starters have been wonderful this year, with the exception of Sandy, who you guys will see today. Uh, but he's making some strides, and if he gets it together, um, uh, we're a dangerous team. So uh, Kim Ang has done a wonderful job at constructing the ball club. Uh, the defense has played a lot better than most thought it would. Uh, our offense has basically been centered around Solaire and Arise, and then there's been some other guys that have chipped in. Uh, and if they can get going, Jazz Chisholm get him back and get him going again. Uh, we're a dangerous team. Nobody, I don't think, wants to see us uh, late uh, if we get to the postseason, especially with our power arms. Tell me, uh, tell me, uh, Rod, a little bit about what you would, what you would see Kim looking for at the deadline because this is new territory for the Marlins uh, to be adding on at the deadline. It's tricky uh, because we have a really good team. I believe yep. we're fourteen games over of 500. So uh, if you delete anybody, if you add a big piece, that means that uh, somebody's got to go away or somebody's uh, got to go to the bench. But uh, we could use a really good left-handed bat for sure. And uh, you could never have enough pitching. So we've got some kids in that rotation and Yuri Perez uh, and Braxton Garrett and Jesus Lazardo and, and uh, Cabrera. They kind of got to watch these kids' innings. You know how the game uh, uh, is these days. So uh, we probably could use another arm maybe so we can give some of these kids a little bit of a blow uh, so they're down the stretch. We can really use them, and we don't have to shut them down for the year. So I can see Kim maybe going out and finding another arm, big league arm. I don't know if that's going to be Johnny Cueto or not. We have him uh, in our organization. He's been a really good big league pitcher, but he really hasn't pitched well uh, since we got him. You know, But I think he's ready to go. I don't know if they're going to activate him soon, uh, but we might see Johnny Cueto soon. But um, – I think we might add a bat, and I think we can use an arm, and I think we'll run this, have some fun with this thing. He is Rod Allen, Marlins color analyst. He's with us here on GCR. Rod, I wanted to follow up on two of the guys that you mentioned, the first one being, as you pointed out, former Oriole Tanner Scott, who was a guy we really liked, and, boy, you know, he can obviously hump the ball, right? Like, you'd see him just put up 100 miles an hour with ease, and you'd say, this guy is a talent. But it just never really fully came together. And even last year in Miami, it wasn't fully together. What has changed? What has clicked for Tanner Scott that he has been so effective this season? He's throwing strikes. I mean, he's not walking people. I mean, his strikeout uh, to walks ratio is off the chain. Uh, he comes in with that fastball 97, 98, and that tricky little three-quarter arm slot where it looks like he's kind of pushing the ball up there. Got tremendous rotation and backspin on the fastball, so uh, he gets lots of swings and misses on that pitch. And then when they start looking at that fastball, uh, that slider's been deadly. Uh, he hangs a few sliders because he throws so many. Uh, but that's one thing that the, he has done better this year. He's limited uh, the amount of sliders that he's thrown. He's thrown a lot more fastballs, and because of that, uh, he's gotten a lot of strikeouts swinging. He's been the best setup man in baseball for me. I haven't seen them all, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of biased, obviously. But you guys got a couple that are really good too. So, yeah, Ken, I, I, Ken I all right. I don't want to hate. I don't yeah. want to hate. You guys got a couple guys that are really, really nice too, man. But you look at, uh, you digest his numbers this year for us in that setup role, man. He has been amazing. We're not where we are today if not for his uh, his contribution for sure. 
Rod, uh, I, I've loved Jesus Lazardo for a long time. I was really hoping the Orioles could have pulled off a trade for him because with the left field wall here in Baltimore, I thought he just would have been a monster at Camden Yards. But tell me a little bit so I'm familiar with him. I've, I've watched with amazement at Uri Perez. Tell us a little bit about him, about what's so special about him, because the numbers are pretty eye-popping for somebody his age. Uh, Yuri Perez is uh, amazing uh, to be 20 years old and to have a fastball that's 100 miles an hour and a slider and a curve and a changeup and have the kind of mound presence that he has and poise to pitch at this level and dominate. He had obviously the bad start against uh, arguably the best team offensively that I've seen since the big red machine. And that's the Atlanta Braves. They are amazing. I don't know if you guys have seen them yet or not, but that team is fascinating. But he got beat up by them. Uh, but other than the Braves, he has dominated major league hitters. I mean, just with the poise and the strikeouts. And he's only going to get bigger and stronger. I mean, the kid is only 6'8". Well, he's 6'8", but he only weighs about 168, 180 pounds, maybe. So he's going to get stronger, and if he stays healthy, I mean, he's a number one, that's for sure. He's a Sandy Alcantara. Uh, he's what they look like. He's a number one, and I think you asked about Luzardo. Uh, Luzardo, left-hander, man, at 97 to 99 with a good breaking ball. Uh, yeah, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, man, but we, we really have some good arms yeah. uh, in our organization, and we have some good arms at this level, and that's why we are where we are today, because our offense hasn't gelled completely together, but when you get this kind of pitching and our defense in the infield has been tremendous, a lot better than a lot of people thought. You know, we had a, a, a third baseman playing shortstop. We had a, a second baseman playing third base, and we had a rise playing second, and he played first base last year. So Kim Ang deserves a lot of credit for putting this thing together. Then the guys, obviously, they've worked hard. Uh, to be where they are today. You mentioned Arise. Uh, obviously, one of the stories of the first half of the season is he was flirting with 400. I know that dipped a little bit, but not like out of shouting distance. I, 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 the question of is it possible feels outrageous, right? Because I, I, there's no way. I can't fathom that it's possible. But how did he handle all of the attention that was coming to him? And clearly, I, I'm sure guys that were going after him in different ways, given how gaudy the numbers were. And is there a bizarro world where he's hot for a couple weeks? And we are talking about this into August. That's a great question because, uh, I mean, everywhere you looked, I mean, everybody was on the Arise watch. I think MLB had his picture up there nonstop for several days in a row, just kind of dictating what his average was doing on a day-to-day basis. You know, he's a wonderful kid, man. He is a, a wonderful family man. He loves baseball. His work ethic is uh, tremendous uh, what he does and, and off the tee and his soft toss, you know, routine before he even steps into the batting cage. And his hand-to-eye coordination is amazing. I mean, we haven't seen anybody like this since Tony Gwynn. And the way that he handled it was amazing, especially with, you know, the Internet and, you know, all the, the, the different ways that the media can get to certain people. Uh, I think the Marlins did a wonderful job at kind of tempering, you know, how many interviews that he would do and how he would do them. Uh, but he handled it perfectly, and every night he'd go out there and get two hits a night. I mean, in the month of June, I think he had a, a two, five, three, five-hit game. So it happens quick for him. A uh, 400 is going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. But he's the last. He's he, he's one of those guys, and when he's in the batter's box, literally, he looks at the defense and he looks to see where they're going to be playing. And tonight he'll watch the Orioles in the infield, 
and they'll see exactly where these guys are playing him, and he has the uncanny ability to hit the ball where the defenders are not. And it's amazing. It really is. Uh, and I've watched him do it for three or four months now. Uh, best hand-eye coordination I've seen in a long, long time. Rod, uh, I, I weigh teams on the on the scale, and it looks like you on the pitching side you strike out a tremendous number of batters. On the offensive side, if I saw one weakness, it's power. Does the power make it a struggle to win games? Yes, it does. Uh, when you go up against teams uh, like your squad, you guys have a few guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark. The Braves have teams uh, that can hit the ball in the ballpark. And we know how the game is kind of built these days, even though the new rules are in place and there's more stolen bases and the pitch clock and, you know, pitchers can't engage as much and the bases are bigger and different things like that. Uh, home runs still play at this level because pitching is so good and there's so many power arms in the bullpen are really, really good. So if you have a few guys in your lineup that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, your chances do increase greatly at winning baseball at this level, baseball games at this level. I mean, you watch it in the All-Star game, uh, really, really good pitching, but a couple of guys happen to hit home runs, therefore that's the game. And I think that we could use another bat, another couple of guys that can hit that ball in the ballpark. And I think uh, our season would be a whole lot better. It would make some of our wins a lot easier we played a tremendous amount of one-run games, and we've been great in all those one-run games. But if we could hit a homer or two uh, in some of those games, we could take some stress off of our pitching. Uh, 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 and, and I haven't mentioned his name yet, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm surprised I haven't, but Skip Schumacher, who's been mm. amazing. I was just getting as ready to ask you. Manager, yep. <laughs> as a first-year manager, I mean, he's probably in the running of manager of the year with a couple of other guys, I'm sure. Your manager's been tremendous, too. Uh, but, you know, you get a manager like Skip Schumacher that, that, that manages the way that he manages, and it takes pressure off of him because he doesn't have to use the bullpen as much as he does every night and give those guys a break. Uh, if we could have some easier games, score more runs, and make it easy on our pitching staff. But a great question by you, but a long answer to a, a question is that we could definitely use some more power. I was going to ask you about Schumacher, but you, you jumped in and threw his name in there because he's, he's been an impact guy. I'm curious, is Miami warming up to this, the city of Miami? Mm. Are they warming up to this team? Are they showing up at the ballpark? What, do you feel a buzz in the town? Finally. Uh, they're starting to show up. I mean, our last homestand, I think we're probably averaging about uh, 20,000 a game, uh, which is really good for us. Because for Miami, that's terrific. Uh, yeah. With the Panthers, and we were also competing with the Heat. I mean, they were in the, the finals, you know, Stanley Cup finals and both teams in the NBA finals. So we were kind of competing for, you know, families and viewership and all of the above. But lately, uh, because the team is playing so well and some of our heroic wins and comeback bash and Jim Schumacher and the and a different culture that's been created. Um, uh, fans are really starting to come out, as you know. Uh, being down in Miami, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of other things to do other than coming to the ballpark. So you got to be a really, really good team if you're going to change people's plans and get them to come indoors and watch you. But I think the fans are warming to the club. I mean, they're top. They're topless beaches in Miami Beach. <laughs> How are you going to compete with that? I remember. I remember that. How are you going to compete with that? Yeah, you want to come watch baseball yeah. when you can be out on a topless beach? What are we doing? You get my. You get my point. You get yeah. my point. <laughs> so you you got to be a really good team, and you do. And these boys can play. 
I'm looking forward to watching your team play a little too, man. Yeah. number one picks, man. And you guys have done it right, man, with the rebuild. And it just looks like you guys are having a lot of fun and good leadership. And uh, I think it's going to be a really, really good series. I mean, you guys get Sandy today. And uh, and and uh, the kids you guys got going today, he's won nine games. So it should be fun. I'm oh, looking forward to it. It should be a really exciting series. We completely agree with that. Great way to start the second half. At Rod Allen 12 on Twitter is how you follow him. Rod, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Enjoy your weekend here in Baltimore. We'd love to chat again. So maybe maybe ahead of the World Series when these teams get together again. <laughs> It'd be nice, fellas. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate Thank it. you, Rod. Rod Allen with us here on GCR as we get ready for Orioles and Marlins starting tonight. All right, when we come back in, uh, we're going to make our second-half predictions. Uh, Griffin has prepared some categories, some questions, some topics and we'll all go on the record and we'll figure out what we think is going to happen in the second half of the season and whether or not Stan's also going to have to for a second straight year take us out to lunch we'll do that next it's Glenn Clark Radio hike to new heights the best view is yours in Washington County our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic some are very easy walks some can be driven to and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. The Crossover Kit is back. Enjoy a night out at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Saturday, July 15th when the Orioles play the Miami Marlins at 7.05. Be one of the first 25,000 fans 15 and over to receive an Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi Zero Sugar. And arrive early for Early Bird Saturdays. Gates open two hours prior to the first pitch for happy hour, live music, and more. A variety of ticket options are available. Buy yours now at orioles.com tickets. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Coho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one 800 gambler 
Costasin has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. So Stan and I are going over the schedule because it is. It is a brutal schedule for the Orioles coming out of the All-Star break. I think we talked about this last week that for as frustrated as Orioles fans have been when like they look at the fan graphs odds for playoffs and for winning the division and they see that the Blue Jays have better odds than the Orioles do, it's easy to say, well, that's bias. And what the folks there would tell you is, no, it's actually a reflection of the schedule that they have to play. Because as Stan points out, it's Marlins this weekend, then Dodgers. Speaking of which, by the way, we just found out that Baltimore's own Angel Reese will throw out the uh, first pitch on Tuesday night. The Orioles-Dodgers game, which is extraordinarily cool. Uh, Then at Tampa, at Philadelphia, the Yankees at home, at Toronto, now we're into August, Mets at home, which is maybe a reprieve, but I don't know. They've started to... Yeah, they've played a little bit better. Astros at home. Then again, like do you do you call it a reprieve at Seattle, who I have no idea what Seattle is, but you know, they played them tough, obviously, here. At San Diego, and we don't know exactly what San Diego is gonna be before finally at Oakland. Like at Oakland is the first time you play a bad team. Yeah. And that's not until well, August eighteenth. Will the A's still be there? I, I who knows? There gonna be who some rowdy knows? fans too. That's the so. other question. Like, are they're really gonna try to stick it out and play games there moving Next forward? Year, like, that's it's hard insanity. to imagine. So what they'll do? The AAA park in? Well, they don't have the option. They, that would be where they would, if yeah. they were to play games in LA or in Vegas. The only place they could play would be in the AAA park, and maybe they could play in Baltimore. Just invite like the the year that we were gonna have yeah, Toronto play the, here. When the Orioles are yeah, right? away, you can come in and come in. play your games here. <laughs> I don't know, but yes, it is a brutally difficult schedule coming out That'd of be the break. Cool. I'd like that. That's definitely the the <laughs> toughest stretch of the schedule. Oh, it's, yeah. it's insanity. Sixteen games. Utter insanity. You're gonna need your starting pitching to be on point. This print issue of Press Box, Stan has been telling us, has been flying off newsstands. So if you haven't gotten it yet. I would get out, like, immediately and get it. Because are we veering into the territory where there's a chance that if it runs out somewhere, there might not be more coming? Correct. Yeah. yeah. That's where we're at. If it runs out at your neighborhood Royal Farms, there might not be more on the way. Or you can read everything. You can always do that, uh, yeah, at PressBoxOnline.com. Always read the entire print issue. But, but if it's, you, a, it's a good, good cover story. It uh, warms everybody's heart to see a picture of Tony Siragusa on the cover. Really tremendous cover story from uh, our friend Dave Ginsburg about the life, legacy, impact of the great Tony Siragusa. Really encourage you to go get this one. 
Um, it is available still for another couple of weeks at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of places around town where you find PressBox. And as Stan mentioned, as always, PressBoxOnline.com. All right, so we did this a year ago, and it didn't go well for Stan. <laughs> he uh, unfortunately had to take – I mean, it wasn't unfortunate for us. It was great news yeah. for us. Uh, but for him, he had to take us out for lunch. Now, it wasn't that bad for him either because really John Colson took us out for lunch. But Stan – yeah, but along. I could have used that. That's true. I could have used that gift card to take out somebody else. A hundred percent. Right. Instead, it so was you had us. to waste it on us. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, I might have met somebody in Miami Beach. A hundred percent down one of the beaches. beaches. Exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, you think they got it great in Miami when they got time? We've got Glory Days Grill. I yeah. mean, for God's sakes, you think that's better? So we're gonna do it again. We're gonna run it back this year. Group of questions or topics or whatever it is that Griffin's put together. We will go on the record with an answer, and whoever gets the fewest points will end up being the one that takes the other two out to lunch. That's the deal? Right. We good with yeah. this? All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Very good. Where are we starting, Griffin? Uh, let's start with uh, this this one. Uh, will the Orioles acquire a pitcher uh, that immediately goes into their rotation and or, and or one that goes into the bullpen? So will they acquire a starter, so have to, a reliever, so or both, okay. or neither? I guess. Or neither. Yeah, so we have to. We have one of four <laughs> answers that we can give. We can say starter, reliever, starter, and reliever. Neither. Yes. Well, who goes? How about first? multiple uh, relievers? We'll start with Glenn. Well, that would just count as a reliever, okay. right? Like, okay. uh, I start. Yeah. <laughs> well, should we do like a you know exact point like yeah. three relievers? So. Well, this is tough. Yeah. Um. Ha! <sighs> I, I'd say reliever, and I'll just I'll, one, just one reliever. Well, no. I mean, or, or, I mean, I guess. Uh, I, I will say they won't. They won't acquire a starter. They will acquire at least one reliever. Is what I'll say. I'll say that they ultimately find the starting pitching market to be not to be cost prohibitive. Is what I'll say. That they'll look at it and say, "You guys want too much for a rental, and entirely too much for anyone with control." And so I think they'll end up balking on the starting market. They will have to spend on starting pitching in the offseason. They will hope that John Means can help address that problem late in the season, and they'll address bullpen. I will say bullpen only. Stan? I'm going to say bullpen as well. I couldn't say better than Glenn. I'm in total agreement with Glenn. Yeah, the first question is going to be boring, I guess. I'm going to go bullpen reliever as well. I, right. I yeah, starter seems So let's tough. throw that question All right, that doesn't even matter then, <laughs> yeah. because we all answered the same way. Uh, number two, is Connor Norby still a part of the Orioles organization uh, come August 2nd? Do I have to go first for all of these? Uh, we can, no, we can Stan, switch you right. yeah, Stan, you want to go first? Uh, August 2nd, Connor Norby. Essentially, was yeah, he I, used in a deal? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I understand. I didn't think they were going to just release yeah, him. Yeah, right. Um, well, we couldn't make a trade, so sorry, you're gone. I think he is still in the organization August 2nd. Okay. All right. Glenn. Oh, you, I thought we yeah, would go in a well, circle. I'll, I thought I'll, we'd go to you next. I'll, I'll lead off next. Uh, okay. Next, next um, Look, I think Connor Norby, we all agree, is the most, and I'm sure that's the reason why he's the answer, is we all agree he's the most expendable of Orioles prospects. I guess the question becomes, if you're not getting a starting pitcher, yeah. are you doing a trade that involves Connor Norby? Like, it feels like if you're going to, what you're requiring is a relief arm, you should be able to do that without having to give up Connor Norby. 
But then the question becomes like, what if it? I brought up the name Josh Hader earlier. What if the Padres do continue to to struggle the next couple of weeks? I don't think you're prying away Josh Hader for less than a Connor Norby, right? Like that's still Josh Hader that we're talking about, even if he is just a rental. I'll say no. I'll say that they are that they internally realize that it's there's just never going to be room for Connor Norby, and it's why they can aim a little high. I know it's sort of con- it. Like if I was going to say yes, Connor Norby was gone, then probably they should be acquiring a starting pitcher. But that they will go for a high end relief arm, and they'll use Connor Norby in order to get them. Yeah, uh, I mean this one's really tough too. I mean I, I like Connor Norby a lot, and I there's just no room for him. So, but that doesn't mean but, he has to uh, be yeah, traded exactly. now, right? Yeah, like they yeah. could trade him, but I, I, you just leaving him in the minors all season long. Exactly. Uh, I I I think you're I think you're right where you know they're not. The, the move, I don't think the, the move that you know warrants a Connor Norby, I just I don't think it's going to be there. So I'm going to say I still don't know if he ever plays for the Orioles, but I, I'm going to say that he is still a part of the Orioles organization. Right. On August second. Yes, yes, after the deadline. Uh, question three. That's my opportunity. That's going to be the reason why I don't have to pay for lunch. So that that one that. right there. Yeah. Will Heston Kerstad play for the Orioles before the season is over? Uh, I'll go first, and I will say. Yeah, I think he does. I think he does. I, th- I mean, he has shown really no sign of slowing since he's gotten to Norfolk. And, uh, I mean, the, the every time – it seems like every time they've brought up a guy so far the last couple of weeks, Kowser, Westberg, it's, jolt, it's given the team the jolt that they need. Uh, we'll see how long those jolts last. But I can definitely see come September, uh, whether that's early September or late September or even maybe he doesn't play until October. But, you know, I think he, I think he definitely plays. If this was still a 40-man roster situation and you could use all of your 40 guys, it would be a strong yes for me. That it isn't, what is it? You can go up to 28, 29? I think it's 28. In September? It's not impossible, but I don't think that they'll... You know something? I think that you can dress 28. I think you you can can, carry... I think you can carry a couple more, I think. Okay. I just feel like without it being everybody getting caught up and everybody hanging around the way that it used to be in September, without that, I don't think they're going to prioritize it. I think that they're going to continue to say, we, we've we got, I mean, like, yes, this could all change if somebody gets hurt and you need it that bad. But I think they're going to continue to say, look, he's only played 25 games at AAA. And the Orioles, I don't know if we've been paying attention much. They they don't tend to like calling guys up early. Yeah, it's not what they have done. Um, so I'm gonna say no. Heston Kerstad does not play a game for the Baltimore Orioles in 2023, but we do see him early in 2024. By the way, uh, I looked it up. From September 1st through the rest of the season, active rosters will expand again to cover 28 players, no more, no less. So that must mean that you can't have. 31 right and only just pick dress 28. 28 yeah so that was something that was a bugaboo of buck showalters and he's right it really a, is unfair for a team fighting for a pennant to, to be putting to out a minor up team, against right. a team that's got 34 players i agree like yeah completely um, agree i think heston kerstad will play with the orioles this year all right so we start you going guys, dates yeah you guys do you want to do that what day well, i said it wasn't so you so that would just be between no. the two of you no, I don't think we need to do. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I like it. Too. I mean, you know, 
injuries obviously are going to happen. And he I understand seems, that. I just, you know, he can play first base. He can play the outfield. The Orioles don't like calling guys up early. They don't like doing it. Number four. Will the Orioles announce a contract extension with any player before the 2023 World Series ends? So before, I guess, what would that be? November 1st-ish? Who's first this time? Me? Yeah, Glenn. No. I mean, I guess my question would be, why Why would they do it now if they haven't already done it, right? Like, what's changing? So other than somebody would say maybe conversations have changed. But if the point of doing it was to try to get excitement, well, they got excitement. The baseball team's playing well. Yeah. That's the excitement that they need. So I'd still, I'm still largely in favor of it, right? I still think it goes a long way for... Glenn Clark does not want the Orioles to extend a player. But I just, I, I, at this point, I don't think anything's changing between now and then that you're going to see a gunner or somebody like that get a contract extension. I would agree with that. I don't see any. Um, I, I think they're sort of staking that flag in the ground that they're not really going to jump a- ahead of when they have to. Uh, maybe a year in front of it, but I don't think they're going to do a warm and fuzzy deal to give Adlay or Gunner a, an eight- or ten-year contract. Don't see it. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to take a risk here. I'm going to say. I mean, because it, it, Adley Gunner could, it seems. Could it doesn't. Be and that's the point. It, it doesn't have somebody. Yeah, yeah, like be, Felix Bautista. Could be like Brian right. Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it yeah. could be. It could be Cedric Mullins. Yeah, is somebody Cedric I brought Austin up before. Hayes, right? Yeah, like yeah. Cedric or Austin Hayes have been having great seasons, and you know, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It's right. just something that you know. Hey, this guy's going to be here for three or four years. Talk yourself into it. Yeah. Look, I would be. By the way, no, no, no. I miss the thing too. This is where is we... I would love for it to be Cedric Mullins. I've said that. I wrote a column about it. I would love if the answer was we're going to do a five-year, hundred million dollar deal with Cedric Mullins, which we think is extraordinarily reasonable and works out perfectly for all parties involved. It's not insane money. It's I, I think that would be extraordinarily smart for them to do. But I just don't know why now. Right. Yeah. Say. I'm still going to say yes. I, 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 like, I, it. I like I like I like I, want, I really want to root for it. Yeah. <laughs> chance to steal. Well, yeah, right. We're happy you said that. Yeah, right. <laughs> chance to steal a point. For Stan. Stan to go first this time. Number 5, what will be the Orioles win total for the 2023 season? Uh-oh. What are they at now? 54? 54 and 35. And how many games do they have left? What, like we can do this math. Hang on. If they played 89 games, that means that they have 73. 73? Yes. 73. So 120. You know. 90, 95. Okay. 95. 95. Do they win to the division? I guess yeah. that's that. We'll leave that. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go up one. I'm going to 96. And 96. And do you have them winning the division? Is that part of the? That's I don't actually, know. That's, that's actually yeah. That's, that's the next question. I jumped. Okay. Down. So yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll give you both answers. I think they're going to win the division. Okay. 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 The For the win total, what like what's what pace are they at now? I guess that's they're sixty point seven percent of their games. Okay. So let me let me do some quick math here. Uh, you just which, think they're yeah, going to stay under this exact pace the entirety yeah, what's, of the what's season? Sixty percent. Yeah. Right. One hundred and sixty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, here. Mm-hmm. Times. I was be told no, there would yeah. be no math. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. 97. Would yeah, be I mean it's good. So th- Stan's got them going right about the pace that they're at. It's a really tough stretch in July. Um, I, I mean, I, I haven't. I guess I'm looking ahead too far. I'm gonna say they don't. They win less than that. Win less than 96 games. I'll say, I'll say they win 90. 
I'd 90? say they win 90. I will go 90. Mm, let's go 91. See, I'm really getting squeezed 91. on this one. This is We should have just had written down numbers because yeah, now maybe. I'm left with you either pay, I got to go. You can pick a same number. Or? No, but I'm, it's I, like what I'm getting squeezed at is that like I got to either go 97 and take all the numbers above that. Right. 90, take all. You said 90? Uh, yeah, you I'll say 91. I'm going to stick with 90. I'm going to go with what my answer would have been the entire time. My answer is 92. Um, 92 wins is what I think. I don't think they quite stay on this insane pace that mm. they've been on, but to the point, I I do think that they ultimately. Now, did you have them winning the division, or you have the Rays? I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. The, this this next. Yeah, that's the next question. Uh, who wins the division? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Rays. I mean, as much as they kind of sputtered, I guess, mm-hmm. coming into the All Star break in the second half here. Uh, I I guess I should. Look I guess at, the look question is who, schedule is, who are they? I mean, but really, the question is who are they getting back pitching wise, right? Like the issue with the Rays is they're not getting the any, they're getting McClanahan back, right? Yeah. And they've now, got that'll glass help. Now. Yeah. yeah, and they've got Glass now. But after that, it's uh, everybody's out. Shane Boz of course, has not been. Yeah, I, I mean, mean not, not Boz. Taj Bradley has not been very good. We'll see. Are the Yankees still in it? Maybe I don't know. We'll see what uh, what's what Carlos Rodon I guess offers for for the Yankees. Yeah, but, but yeah, no judge. Well, they, they the got, whole key there is whether they're going to get Judge back at all. Do they get Judge back? And also, can Sean Casey find some life from their hitters? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'll, saying the race. I'm my program race. director at WCBM. Yeah, that's right. The great Sean Casey. Absolutely. A legend. This is question six. Who wins the AL East? I'm saying race. Yeah, I'm going to say the Rays as well. And 90, 92 wins was the total that I came up with. So I'll say 92 wins and the Rays win the AL East. Okay. okay. So wait, so the Orioles. Orioles. Yeah. So they tie So they have the same record as the Orioles, but the Rays. No, no, I'm not saying what, how many, did you ask how many games the Rays are going to win? No, well, I thought you just said 92. No, I'm saying the oh, okay. Orioles win 92 games. Okay. That was the question you asked. And okay. the Rays Sorry, win the AL East. All right, got it. Got it. <laughs> it's very St- confusing. Stan, Stan uh, who wins the division? He said, I think the Orioles are the Orioles. Are you paying it? The, what yeah, what show just, are you listening to, get it, to? I'm trying to get it in, you know, in writing, get the official page. He's trying to impress Sean Casey. It's unbelievable. Number seven uh, for Glenn. If the Orioles make the playoffs, who starts game one of the playoff series, of their first playoff series? Well, none of us had them trading for a starter. Yeah. Because that would be the, like, if if we had them trading Blake for Snell. a starter. Yeah, right? Um, who starts game one? Well, I'm between two guys, right? Like, I'm between, yeah, yeah isolate that. Um, <laughs> I'm between... The the answer today you would say is Tyler Wells, but it's interesting. For example, when they, when they reset the rotation to start the second half, they didn't go with Tyler Wells for the first series, which I think is a reflection of the innings situation. And I think that you want your first starter for a playoff series to be someone that you're confident could go seven innings if necessary. And I don't know where they're going to be with Tyler Wells at that point. So I'm between Bradish. And then it's the wild card is John Means, right? Mm. Like the wild card is if you get him back and he looks kind of like John Means, then that's the ideal guy to start game one of a playoff series. Name, name the last Tommy John guy I, coming I, back. That's, I, that's underst- some, yeah. I understand. I'll default. Go with John Means. No, I'm going to go with John Means. You know what? Yeah, just I like to, that idea. I'm going to go with John Means just to, 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 to try to steal just this treat. To just steal to, this one. No, because what I'm going to say lunch. is even if John Means isn't fully John Means, I think there's absolutely a part of Brandon Hyde that would default to his experience that if we're talking about the choice being between John Means and Kyle Bradish, right? Like, 
that they're going to default to saying he's not going to be nervous in the moment. If he can look anything like, you know, a, even a semblance of John Means, that the opportunity to have a veteran, a guy that's been through some things, start game one of a playoff series will be something they would choose great to Great answer. John great Means. Great answer. John Means. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson. All right. Kyle Gibson. And I'm going to say. I don't need to talk myself into it and impress you what I know. I think his experience. Yeah. And I, and I just have a feeling he's going to have a nice second half. Uh, I like I like Kyle Gibson. That'd be I feel good about uh Kyle Gibson there. I I mean so since unfortunately it doesn't look like Bud Norris or uh, Joe Saunders are walking through the door. The, um, Joe Saunders didn't start the playoff series. He started, started a one a game playoff. Game. Yeah. Um, that is cor- that is correct, yeah, sir. That is correct, sir. I feel like I mean since I have them on the lower end of our win totals, you know, winning about nine. It was Chris games. Tillman who started the one game playoff in Toronto, by the mm. way. Yes, Tilly. Um, and I wanted it to be Ubaldo. I, I, like I was banging not... on the table that it should be Ubaldo because he had been their best pitcher <laughs> in the second half of that season. And, of course, we all remember what happened next. I feel like they're not going to really be in a position where, like, they – like, I feel like they're going to be sc- not scratching and clawing. To your, you don't yeah. think they're going to be able to set their rotation yes. Yes. much ahead of time. And I think – like, I, and I think the way it will – just kind of wind up going is I, I'm kind of between Braddish and Kramer, honestly. Just and I want to be different too. Mm. Um, I, I guess I'm not sure which guy is going to inspire the most confidence. Braddish through the first half has obviously uh, been been the better of the more two, more consistent. Yeah, yep. and but I I don't think I'd be just just you know the way or like you know Bud Norris and Joe Saunders. It's like the guy that you do not expect gives you a great start when you need it, and I think uh, I'd be confident in either one. I'm going to go Dean Kramer. Right. I'm going to say Dean All Kramer. Right. Just the way it falls is that he uh, – and we have a lot of confidence going he into that He certainly has the too. mentality of a guy that's that says, give me the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like that's certainly who's, his who's Dean Kramer. Kramer? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stan, you will go first for this question. This is question number eight. We have one more after that one. Stan, who will be the Orioles MVP, the most valuable Oriole? Hmm. Most valuable Oriole of this season – I'm between two people. I'm between Felix Bautista and Austin Hayes. Probably the top two candidates for MVP so far this season. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say before it's all said and done Felix Bautista is going to be the okay. most valuable player. Yeah, I like that answer too. Um right now I guess I don't know. I mean it's definitely those two. Right now, it would be one of those two. Ball- do you give it to Bautista? Like, if the season ended today, do you give it to Bautista just the way? I would, Yeah. for the record, today. Um, but the season doesn't end yeah, today. Yeah, the season that does is- not end today. Which also, you know, which is the same argument for Austin Hayes. He, you know, who knows what's going to... He A year ago, had he had a, a great first season. half and yeah. didn't yeah. have a great second half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's another candidate Anthony you guys Santander. Have. That would be the other yeah. one. You can probably still argue Adley, even though he hasn't, you know, had, you know, lightning numbers, but... I uh, mean, if Adley has a strong second half, I think yeah. there's... You an, can guess, you can guess yeah. him. Please. You want me to guess Adley? He's, I mean, I... He's pretty good. I don't know if yeah, you heard of him. Good. He's yeah, pretty he's good. You're trying to egg me on. I, I'm trying to make it seem like it'd be insane to say Adley Rutschman would be team MVP. I'm going to go crazy. Easy. I'm going yeah, to pick right. Adley Rutschman then. I'm going to go Adley Rutschman as the he goes back to back most valuable. Oracle. The the difficult thing here is that like if Felix Batista keeps up these numbers, forget it. Yeah, like yeah. it's insane. If he strikes out two guys per inning for an entire season, for God, it's not even a conversation about it. Now, do I really believe? In, no one in baseball history has ever done that for an entire season. So, do I believe that he's going to keep up that number? Yes. 
I, I got it would be great. Yeah. Can can I before you give your answer on that? Yeah. I got an extra question. We got one more question. Or yeah. This was a, after that we should have one more question. We each okay. predict who's going to treat for lunch. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's going to lose. Um, Griffin. <laughs> Griffin. What? This is tough because the funny, like Stan can make fun of it all at once. Defaulting to Adley is always a very safe. Yeah. You know, like he's he's probably the overall best player on the team. So is it that crazy to think that the overall best player on the team? Now, again, the funny thing is at one point this season, Cedric Mullins was definitely the MVP of the team. Um, Austin Hayes has definitely been the most valuable position player on the team. And you could predict Gunner. You, you could, could predict, predict Gunner, Gunner's the way he's turned, huge second and the half. way that Anthony San, Anthony San, I do it all the time. Anthony Santander has Anthony, trended Anthony. over Tony, the last month Tony. and a half. If that were to continue, that dude could a hundred percent end up being MVP. But I'm going to end up agreeing with Stan Felix Batista Felix ends Batista. up being team all right. MVP. All right, I'll go with the guy catching the baseball. Uh, and question nine. Uh, I guess our second to last question now. World Series matchup and winner. Uh, I will go. Well, can I first. throw one more in? You want to do another question? Can I throw one more in? World Series winner? Another question. Yeah. Or, okay. Does Does Brandon Hyde win AL manager or does Brandon Hyde mm. win manager of the year? Uh, it's AL manager. Yeah. Right. You're correct. Yes. Um. Okay. So it'd be Cash. Yeah. It'd be Bruce Bochy. Yeah. I I think. I think. Uh, I'll go first. I think okay. Brandon Hyde will win the man- AL Manager of okay. the year this year. Um, I'm gonna go yes too. I'm gonna go yes too. Uh, is, well, ah, man, well the range. <laughs> what, you can I love his you. certainty. Every I'm gonna say no. Actually, I'm gonna say no. I, I as as much as he probably should deserve. I mean, Bruce Bochy, I guess, in his first season with the Rangers, Kevin Cash will... Yes, but they spent a billion dollars on baseball players. I can't can't wait till we're at his wedding when we're invited. (laughs) And do you have... uh, Do you take this woman for your lawfully wedded wife? Yeah! Yeah. Um, I'm going to say yes. I think if the Orioles make the playoffs, Brandon Hyde has to be. And we both we all predict them to make the playoffs. So yep. I think if they make the playoffs, he absolutely has to be manager of the year. And it's only – I understand your point about Bruce Bochy. Yeah, he's having a great year. It's just that they they did all of the things that a team would do. And, and this award tends to be who did better than what the expectations were. That's how we tend to determine who is manager Remember, of the year. Remember, oh, well, I bet the over-under on both teams before the season was roughly the same. You think the Rangers were at 70? I think 78 78- – you know, I th- I they? think they didn't think a lot of things would work out. Is it the yeah. Pakoda number? Is it the Pakoda number? Yeah, hang on a second. I was just gonna ping it, pull up the betting. I still total. think they'll have a strong, stronger second half than the Orioles do. So I'm not so I mean, sure. Their pitching looks like yeah, it's. I mean, Evaldi. The starting pitching looks like it's. Martin Perez has not been good. Um. All right, moving on to now the tenth and still second to last question. World Series matchup and winner. Uh, I will go first for this one. I mean, it's impossible not to pick the Braves. I think it's the the Braves have been just so good, and they are showing no signs of slowing whatsoever. Um, I'm not sure as long. I mean, as long as they continue to stay healthy, which they for the large part have. Max Fried is coming back. Um, I'm going to go with the Braves, and I will take... By the way, ESPN said that they had a projected 83 when total Texas, Texas did okay. before the season. And the Orioles were... What, it was 70, 70, 70. I thought it was more like 70. I definitely got... I made a bet when it was 74. Right. 
Because I just said this is insane. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. Is, I wish I had bet. Phew. Pain go twenty and fifty in this. Right. <laughs> um, to win the American League and lose to the Braves. I'll say the Rays. I'll say the Rays uh, win the American League and lose to the Braves. In are we going games? So that's a World Series match. World Series matchup. Braves over the Rays. Um, I'm ultimately going to. I, I hate it. I do also think the Braves win the World Series. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. there's, there's just so much. There is so much there that if I got to pick from anybody, I think the Braves are winning the World Series. To the point that you're bringing up, I do think that it's wide open in the American League, yeah. which is you know kind of wild. Like the teams that we're talking about as being among the favorites, the Rays. We just said we don't trust the pitching. Um, the Rangers are not perfect by any stretch of the imagine m- imagination, and because of those things, I think the team that's just waiting there to win the American League is the Houston Astros. So mm-hmm. ultimately the Astros will be my pick, but I do have them losing to the Braves. They might lose in four games if it's the Astros. Might. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to play real homer here. I'm going to say that the Orioles are in the World Series. Wow. Wow. When I look at uh, what's going on, I think they've got a real shot if if Michael Elias threads the right needle. And I'm going to say Atlanta is so tough. Yeah. I, I'm between Atlanta and the Dodgers because I think the Dodgers are going to make some kind of big trade. No. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to yeah, go crazy. Go. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Reds. That so is win. crazy. So you got Reds, Orioles. Reds, Orioles. A rematch of the 1970 World, World Series. Series. And who's winning the World Series? <laughs> this is This is the boldest... I think Cincinnati oh, got a real oh, chance man, to win. Yeah. All right, over Reds over Orioles. Orioles. I think uh, they're really dynamic. So team. how does this one work? Do we two get a, points available in this question, and so you get a, a th- or, or be three, three points, points three right? Because yeah, yeah. you get a point for each team that's in the World Series, and another point if you pick the World Series winner correctly. Yes. yes. So the I last Cincinnati is going to pull off a, a trade for another starting pitcher. They're going to get Hunter Green back, and. They, oh, I, mean, they, look, they, I was impressed an insane with insane amount speed. of talent. There's yeah. no yeah. question there. Yeah. There is no question. So now the final question that Stan said was, "Who's going to pay? Who's, who's going to be?" Lose? That would be Stan Charles. <laughs> Stan Charles. After were you were you Stan on board? Stan Charles. <laughs> were you on board until his last? Uh, oh, I hundred. I was feeling good about his picks, and then he went Reds or they'd be awesome. Trust me, I'd be all in. It'd be incredible. But he went way, way out there with Reds Orioles as his World Series pick. I'm going to take Glenn. Yeah. Glenn. John uh, Means. John, I did Wait, say starting you guys don't think I'm going to lose? Starting yeah, the postseason. Gri- uh, Griffin, who do you think is going to lose? Um, Griffin. That's weird that you yeah. picked yourself. Griffin picks him. I feel left well, out, so. I think yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah, Stan took some swings. Uh, he sure did. what he did last year. I mean, he could, he could, he and could how did that work out for him last year? Yeah. I'll go stand as well. Stan All right. <laughs> Very good. We will get those up at Glenn Clark Radio. be clear time. about the rules, though. There's no interns coming this time. <laughs> I don't it's think so. It's just the three of us. I don't, now, wait. Never what if know. we have a great intern that we like having around, and it just happens to be there that day? You're really going to say, no, you're not allowed? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Man, you're a tough crowd. Stan's tough. Unless you went to Miami Beach to get your interns this year. Oh, no, 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 no. That's actually where we found Micah, oddly. It was on the (laughs) topless beach in Miami. The topless beach in Owings Mills. That's where he said he was coming from. All right, we'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit and tube it or wind down for the week. It is Glenn Clark Radio. 
exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It starts on the 14th with our big hitter bobblehead, Connor Norby, for the first 750 fans. Saturday sees our special circus night with post-game fireworks. And Sunday features the Kobe Mayo Squish Pillow with special ticket package. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox, let us be your nine-inning vacation. The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com. Hey Birdland, a new alternative payment method is available at Oreo Park at Camden Yards for the 2023 season. Ospay is a quick, convenient, and rewarding option to make payments at concessions and retail locations throughout the ballpark. Use Ospay to unlock rewards, special offers, and unique experiences. And with secure, contactless payment, you'll get back to your seats faster. Get started in the MLB Ballpark app or learn more at Orioles.com slash Ospay. That's Orioles.com slash Ospay. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of AJ Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at AJ Michaels. That's AJMichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsburg remembers Goose as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation. And you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I swear! 
On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Winding down for a Friday edition of the program. Stan, we mentioned earlier what you did last night, but do you want to uh, tease anything you have coming up next week? Luke will not be on with us on Monday. Oh, that's it. I'm not watching. Ross and I no, will have sorry, not, we'll have a guest. Not good enough. Ross and I will have a guest. It better be a it better be a hell of a guest, or else. And then I'm out. next Thursday, Gary Stein and I will be joined by John Murray, okay, also of Superbook. dot uh, com, and he's one of the uh, hosts of uh, he's one of their odds makers, mm-hmm. and along with Jay Cornegay, uh, they do the odds makers podcast. Excellent. So that is next Monday. Stan Ross and guests to be announced. And then Thursday. And that will be like at 4 or 4.30. Okay. Ahead of the uh, start of the Orioles-Dodgers series. On and Monday then night. Thursday it'll be 7 o'clock. Very good. Very good. Let's uh, get a tidbit. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Anj Jabor, she reached uh, the final after winning yesterday in the semis, and she's now reached a final in three of the last five Grand Slams that she's played in. It's really a, a, an amazing story, and I don't look. I, I get it. Like it's not most people don't know much at all about Anj Jabor, but Anj Jabor's story. Um, she's the first ever Tunisian player to you know accomplish anything like this. She's the favorite now against Vondrasova to win the Wimbledon women's wow. final. It's, it's just a remarkable. Now, she's got to do it, obviously. She's, she's been there a couple times and hasn't gotten the job done. But um, a really remarkable story on Shabor. She became the first woman to defeat three top ten players uh, at Wimbledon since the since 2012 when? Serena Williams. Serena Williams, yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> I heard an amazing Serena Williams story yesterday from, from my good friend Bruce Bouchel plays a lot of tennis mm-hmm. the pro at the club that he's at in out in the hamptons says that basically every tennis player is tested for drugs okay except one serena williams okay because they're they're um what's the religion they're the uh um that does they they don't do uh uh, I don't know anything Jehovah's about Witness. Jehovah's Witness. I don't know Witness. anything about yeah. that. Yep. Okay. okay. Um, Maybe we should throw in the words allegedly when we when we do that. Let's make sure we say the that. The Orioles are sitting at 19 games over 500 uh, right now. The last time they finished a season over 19 games, yeah, more than 19 games over 500, 2014. And uh, so I want to talk about the game uh, that put them over. Uh, I want to do a lineup, of course, from 2014 uh, where they won their – it was August 25th against the Tampa Bay Rays 2014 that game put them over that put, game put them exactly ni- uh, 19 games 74 and 55 over 500 they did not look back uh, the rest of the way finished what 30 games I think over 500 in 2014 so uh, I, I got another one we'll see how fast you guys do this one uh, but the Orioles lineup against the Rays in 2014 just who the players were yeah uh, I have mean to if, pick what spot uh, they batted 
Yeah, let's go with let's go with the spot. Go with the spot. Give me that give me that the little purple marker sitting in front of you if you don't mind so we can try to work this through. It was August twenty fifth, twenty fourteen. Nate McClouth was in the lineup. Nate McClouth was not oh, it was, on the twenty fourteen. He was gone by yeah, twenty fourteen, wasn't 20, he? Yeah, he was not. Wasn't Seth Smith the one that was leading off? In? Seth Smith was not leading he wasn't off at leading this off, point. But was he oh, playing? He, he was not playing. Yeah, was that play maybe game. at the stretch where they tried Marcakis leading off? Yes, it is in fact. Marcakis was Very playing right good. field. Very good. And he did I leave got off. my years screwed up. I thought McLeod was 12. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Marquez did hit a home run in this game as well. Uh, then was Adam batting second? Adam was not batting second. He was batting third. third. Okay. Yeah. So, second. J.J. Hardy? J.J. Yeah. Hardy was not batting second. Okay. Where was he batting? He was batting, let me do some counting, mm-hmm. sixth. Sixth. Shortstop, of course. Uh, so, then batting second. Mm-hmm. Manny? He would have been... Uh yeah he was yeah he wasn't he was was this I guess he was hurt was oh was, yeah what date what, what, what was the date it was twenty fifth August twenty fifth August twenty fifth yeah, yeah by that point so was Davis suspended by that point too he was not suspended yet he was in the so lineup he was he batting started at third base what yeah he batted fourth right uh no he was why was he so far down he was batting seventh after Hardy Buck must have known something yeah right <laughs> it was a weird lineup that day. All right. So he was playing third base. He, mo- he did eventually move over to first. So okay. Matt Wieters yes, so was, playing was batting fourth. Uh, Matt Wieters is not fifth. in the line this day. What Matt the hell Wieters. was yeah. going on? Yeah. This is the weirdest. Of course, who, 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 who would have been playing first if uh, uh would have been who was playing first? Yeah. Who struck yes. John? <laughs> Hang on a second. Bad first base. If Chris Davis was playing third base, would have been Steve Pierce. Steve Pierce, and where was he batting? Fourth. No. Eighth. No. Fifth. No. Third. No. Second? Second. He what was is batting that? second. What the hell was Buck? You know what? I've changed my mind. What the hell did this guy know about anything? <laughs> Steve Pierce hit a home run. Uh, Davis hit a home run out of the seven spot. <laughs> Weird lineup. Delman man. Young? Delman Young was starting. He, he was, was batting. Batting. He was batting fourth. fourth. He was playing in the outfield. He was playing left field. He was playing doing? left what field. He was playing left field. And he, and he went three for three. And he was batting fifth? Yes, he was. And he hit a home run as well. All right, all right. this is weird. So if Weeters wasn't catching, then it was Hundley. It was Nick Hundley. And he was batting ninth. He was batting not eighth. ninth. Eighth. Eighth. <laughs> so who was right. playing second base on that team? Uh, that was Scope. 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 Jonathan Scope, Scope was. was batting batting fourth? Uh, no. He was batting ninth. He was batting ninth. Second base. How are we missing the cleanup hitter? For, oh, it was uh, Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz was DHing and yeah. uh, batting fourth. Yes, everyone in the lineup got a hit this day Jeez. as the Orioles well, took a, down. That was a piece of cake. For yeah, us. right. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Six run fifth inning helped the Orioles uh, win nine to one over Who the Tampa Rays. Who was the starting Rays. pitcher? You tell me. It, for the Orioles? Yeah, for the Orioles. Tillman. It was Chris, Chris Tillman. Tillman. Chris That's Tillman was starting in this game. Uh, they took go. down Jake Odorizzi of the Rays. Rays had. Rays had a solid lineup. You could probably guess that. Ah, I don't really feel like it. I gotta. I'm, I'm going. To, I'm going camping with my in-laws this weekend. Okay, so we gotta go. So I want to get out of here because we're going. We we go. It's at Cape Henlopen, so we gotta. We got a little ways to drive this afternoon. Tell me one. Seven the, innings. Are no the kids runs. going? The kids are going. Yes, the kids are going. Are six just... six people in a camper. Six oh, people mm. in a camper. Not that we spend much time. We don't basically just sleep there. We're, right. you're, you know, outside for the most right. part. It's not my thing. It's too much time outside for me. But um, like my in-laws, I get this. Is my father-in-law and his wife, we get along quite well, and uh, his family goes. So we look forward to that. All right. Tubular brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com/offers. 
Go there right now. Get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Here's what's coming up this weekend. Of course, Orioles, Marlins, Masson 2 tonight, 7 o'clock, Alcantara and Kramer. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Braxton Garrett and Kyle Gibson. And Masson 2 as well on Sunday. Kyle Bradish goes at 1.30. We have, do not know. For some reason, the Marlins have not announced their Sunday starter just yet. Uh, second Wimbledon semifinal, we're getting underway right now. Carlos Alcaraz and Daniil Medvedev, pair of U.S. Open winners, squaring off. This should be a really good one. How do you um, pronounce Medvedev's first Daniel. name? Daniil. Daniil. Daniil Medvedev. Daniel. Daniil. Daniil. Daniil Medvedev. Um, winner of this one will get Novak Djokovic. Uh, physically, Yannick Sinner was up for it, but mentally he was a midget in the first semifinal. He just, every point that mattered, he came up very small in the first semifinal. So Novak Djokovic awaiting Djokovic the winner. Djokovic has a way of making, yeah, making guys players. no question about it. Uh, the final will be Sunday morning, 9 o'clock on ESPN. As we mentioned, the women's final tomorrow morning, Vondrasova and Jabor, 9 o'clock on ESPN as well. So you got the campers. Uh, the camper uh, has I will TV. be on the phone. <laughs> it's actually very – because like, they, their family likes going to the beach right. at like – the earliest possible time. As you should, yeah. Like, we'll get to the beach by... Beat the sharks. Yeah, and then I'll be the guy that's, like, sort of sneaking over, and they'll be like, the boys want to go get... Like, okay, boys, you know. Oshibor's serving for yeah, that. Right, we'll be out there in a minute, so it'll be, be awkward. Careful of sharks. I don't think that we're going to have to worry about that too much, but uh, hopefully. I I heard that there was a... Uh, some bathers were ran into a predator, but the beaches are open, and amity means friendship. That's, that's <laughs> what we know. Two quick stories. You know, I get a lot of my just... News stories on AOL. I'll try and make this short. Okay. Have you heard about this this problem about a sea otter? That oh, is yeah, I did see that. That yeah, is yeah. terrorizing surfers in this area in California. No. He, he like, spots them, and he, and he comes like right off. at you, bites bites the surfboard, and, <laughs> and I swear to God, this was not a goof. It said, and he then... The guy gets off the the board. He jumped on the board. No. Yes. No. Yes. Can you find a picture of it, please? Um, yeah, I'm going to see. They don't have I pictures. Would, of oh, pictures. I would so like to see a picture of the sea otters surfing. And Here's here. This this is the one picture that the New York Times had. It's like he's biting. The oh my god. Oh my god, yeah. man. Yeah. That is wild. All right. And then and then, Florida. Did you hear? Do you get this? The story's the same place I do, Greg? Uh, I saw this one on the New York Times. This they, they, is the 19-foot world's longest Burmese python caught in Florida. Mm. 19 no, thank feet, you. 19 no, feet thank long. You. But this is why New York Times cut their sports department so that they could yeah. Yeah. To do more coverage of, of the, the sea otters. <laughs> the otters. Um, not really much else this weekend. If um, Mexico and Panama for the Gold Cup final, that's Sunday night on Fox that those Fox executives are really thrilled yeah. about the fact that the U.S. didn't make the Gold Cup final. 7.30 for that one on Sunday night. Um, the WNBA All-Star Game is tomorrow night on ABC. 8.30 for that. That's about it. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, there is on Showtime a three-part documentary uh, that premieres tonight called Goliath. Or I guess it's just it's available. Uh, Goliath. It is about the life and impact of Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, yeah. I yes. did see that. Goliath. I would like to watch that. Goliath. Yeah. That's on Showtime. Uh, Too Hot to Handle season five. That's out on Netflix. the The dating show where they uh, uh, they tell no, no, no. everyone that they think that obviously they have to hook up with each other, and then they're like, "Nope, 
when you get here, when, once you get there, they're like, it, you actually lose money every yeah, time yeah, right. you engage in a sexual activity with uh, another contestant. I have not, uh, I've not taken in too hot to handle. People love too hot to handle. I keep waiting for my invite to be that, a part that of that. Goliath, that's a Billy Bob Thornton's in that, right? Is he? I don't think so. play Will Chamberlain in it? I don't think so. Uh, Bird Box Barcelona is, is a movie uh, out on Netflix as well. They're doing it's just so it's not like a sequel or anything. It's, it's just like, it's just like how Bird Box happened. Just it's in Barcelona. What? It looks, yeah, it actually looks kind of like it looks pretty well done. It looks is uh, Sandra Bullock not? No, she's not in it. It's like a separate thing, but they're just doing they're using the same concept. Just I'm in good. Barcelona. I'm good. Uh, it is the series finale of Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Uh, so that that series officially comes to. An end. I imagine and John Krasinski won't have a hard time finding work. Uh, no, and uh, Roger Gemstones is back this weekend uh, for on Sunday nights. Oh, enjoy all the television shows you can. Because yeah, really. God knows it's going to be a long time before we get original shows again. It is going to be a tough. Reality TV's back. More too hot to handle. Let's. Go. I I would think this is going to mean like American Gladiators comes mm. back. <laughs> like I think there's going to be a lot of that stuff. It is going to be some time before we get anything original for a little while. Rough. Rough days. We get two like seasons of Survivor at the same time. Probably going to be the type of stuff they're looking to do. I mean, that's uh, more sports on TV. That's yes. that, CBS starts bumping over the stuff that's scheduled to air on CBS Sports Network. They've this got is... like a Mountain West basketball game. They say tonight on CBS, UNLV takes on Wyoming. This is the break that college dodgeball needed. Oh, this yeah, is the yes. moment. This we're is the moment to, you guys yeah, are coming to like USA Network. Yeah, I don't know about that, but. All right, very good. Everything else, find it at glennclarkradio.com. Stan, appreciate it as always, my friend. All right, at always Stan, a pleasure. At Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you give him a follow. Uh, thanks today to Enrique Bradfield Jr. and Sr. That was a lot of fun. Thanks to Rod Allen. We'll get all that and our predictions up in the greatest hits section of the Oh, my God, it's so good. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stan will be on with the boys tomorrow morning for the bat around, uh, 10 to noon right here, same locations, Paul and Zach. We'll be back on Monday and, of course, Rita and I Sunday afternoon on 105.7 The Fan. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, All-American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great weekend. Go Birds, Duke sucks.